Welcome to episode 436 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Spoiler free, talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 14th and the 18th of September. 10, 000, episodes 10,115 to 10,120. That's six episodes, isn't it? Even though we only had five episodes a week, yet again, the Coronation Street episode numbering system makes no sense. We had four <laughs> half an hour episodes, one hour episode, and that makes six episodes according to Coronation Street. They're just trying to get through to 20,000 double quick time. So, yeah, six episodes a week back this week. Lots of people like it. Lots of people don't like it. I'm sure we'll get to say our opinions on how, how it's, you know, what it was like being back into the old routine later on. But, um, yeah, do you want to, what, what, what should we, any, any pre-street talk chit-chat that you'd like to engage in today, Gemma? Um, what, I'm tired. Um, I did my deadline. Yes. Mark was very busy. Very busy, busy at school this week. Jolly busy. <sighs> but, um, I got a new horse. What? On Red Dead Redemption oh. 2. Gemma says that Red Dead Redemption 2 is her favourite game ever now. Yeah, it's my favourite game ever. Can't played. believe she has abandoned Nintendo for PlayStation territory. What do you think falls. my favourite game before this was? Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well. Uh, what else happened? Nothing. Nothing's happened this week. But I'm so tired. I don't like six episodes. I'm sorry, everybody. I, I really, really liked having... Half an hour, every three times a week. It's nice and peaceful, and I'm just tired. <laughs> I I I don't mind. Last week I said that I was looking forward to it, and and to be honest, I thought it was fine. I I don't like the hour episodes, but that's only because it's more much much more difficult for me to do notes for those. But um, no, I, I, I prefer I, the hour ones, especially on a Friday. Yeah, you, one of the problems you've had with the six episodes a week is that it makes cooking dinner around it difficult. I don't understand me. how anyone can cook dinner like this. I know I used to do it, but I remember now it was always a bit of a hassle because you don't want to eat when Coronation Street is on. We can't generally eat before half past seven because we just don't. We're not. That's not when I eat. I can't eat. That's too early for me. And also, we're usually busy. And then. How am I supposed to get dinner ready for a half-hour period and also cook it? I know, Coronation Street should really think about the dining so, situation so like, that she is around the sometimes country. Sometimes it's like I can... It's like I have to put something in the oven, so it's just like oven food, which isn't cooking, is it? It's just heating things. What? Like. Oh, no. Don't and tell then... me that. I thought I was, <laughs> thought I was going to be the next Gordon Ramsay. And then at nine o'clock... Sorry, Zidane I'd... is here. Okay, right. Should no, we go do on. a quiz? No, do the quiz? no, you complain, Carrie, and you're complaining. Okay, right. I was. I wanted to say. Let me say. I didn't mind the six episodes a week this week. I know that it didn't. It wasn't really affecting me or anything about the cooking or anything. So I'm very grateful about everything that Gemma has done to try and get the dinners around. But I thought it was good. Um, when when we reached the halfway point on Wednesday, I thought, yeah, I'm not ready to finish the week yet because I was particularly enjoying the the Steve and the Anne Nick Oliver storyline, and. It it felt like started slipping straight back to normal to me. We've basically got two weeks worth of COVID Coronation Street in in two, and um, I no, I liked it. I'm just I'm just um, nervous about what Street Talk's going to be like today, and whether it's going to stretch on for ages and ages. Because um, I don't know, we we might just we we might need to reduce the amount of chat. We'll have to see. Anyway, I'm sorry, darling. Have you got a quiz for me? 
Yes, I do. You do. So there's things that happened between the 14th and the 18th of September in years ending in a zero and a five. And I source this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, which is Coropedia, which is the place to go for everything if you want to know about Coronation Street. Yes, and they've also started this week running down their top um, 60 characters, I think. So the, the Coropedia Ultimate Character Survey that you might have heard us mentioning once or twice over the summer holiday period, the results are starting to come out. Um, I, I, did, I didn't even note them all down to talk about in the episode. I think that, like, Danny Baldwin got number 60. I think it was Jenny today as well at 58 or so. So I'm glad that she, she made it into the top 60, although obviously should have been a lot higher. Um, yeah, we need to do something, but I don't know what and when about the, the top results. So if you if you go to Corypedia or their Twitter page each day, you can, uh, you can go find out and see where your favourite characters have ranked. So sorry, darling. I will let you get on with the quiz. I just We just had to mention that. 14th of September, 1970. Elsie works, starts work as a sales rep, but for which company and what did they sell? 1970. Oh, I don't know. I never remember where Elsie Tanner's were, um, working. Don't talk to I'm gonna s- facing the thing. Sorry. I'm going to say Elsie Tanner. No, I don't know. I don't know. Is it, was it a flower shop? No, was it a fashion shop? Sorry, I'm making noise because I'm going to throw a pen. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can never remember where she works. Flower shop, I say. So it's a fla- the name no. of the shop is flower no, shop. No, fashion shop. Fashion shop, I said. The no, name of the shop is fashion shop. I don't, yes. Right, no. Charm Cosmetics and their cosmetic company. Um, I think we might have even talked about that last week, you know. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure there was something about that. Yes, we did. 14th of September, 2015. Attention. Luke takes Maria with him to show her his hobby is safe. What? Is the hobby. Racing, driving. Yep. Not looking in the Maria. Not fighting an old man. As long as you look in the Maria while you're doing your racing drive, and you'll be absolutely fine, won't you? No, you check your mirrors. You don't Luke, look in Luke, them. You'll Luke crash in your mirror, you're signal, manoeuvre. 15th of September, 1965. How does Elsie squeeze Robert Maxwell die? No idea. Never heard of him. Oh, that was an episode that we didn't get to watch. Collapses on the way home from the pub with Elsie in the car and crashes. Really? And she runs off. You making... I've never heard that. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm okay. making it up. 15th of September, 2000. What is Jez Quigley doing when he dies? Um, he's menacing Steve in a hospital bed. I haven't been writing down the an- what you've got as answers. 100% that definitely. That was a one, yes, trying to kill Steve in his hospital bed. 16th of September, 2015. Lloyd decides to sell his share of streetcars Go with Andrea, but where to? Channel Islands. I want you to be more. Specific. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Which one was it? it? Well, it's one of the two main ones. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Jersey. Correct. Yes. 17th of September 1990. Oh, I can't they've gone five years. That's tragic. First day on the job for this behind the bar stalwart. Who is it? 1990? Yeah. Um. Raquel, wasn't that? Oh, Liz, Liz McDonald. Correct. Oh, blimey. 30 years of Liz at the Rovers. I remember seeing those episodes on Classic the other, um, well, a couple of years ago, and it was quite funny, like her going behind the bar for the first time and bet training her and doing the usual awful first mm-hmm. pint and everything. It was so funny that there was ever a period where Liz was a novice behind the bar. Also, that same day, 17th of September 1990, why does Ivy decide to go to a spiritualist meeting with Vera? I have to try and contact Brian from do, beyond the grave. Do you know why she, was, why she was 
prompted. I can't remember what prompted her to do that. Um, no, I do not know. Vera went to a medium and the medium said the name Brian. Um. 18th of September 2000. For what crime does Jim McDonald turn himself in? Um, manslaughter? Beating up Jess Quigley? He says he killed um, Jess Quigley. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's a point. That's definitely a point. I don't know if I just gave you that point. Just give me another one. Another tiny no, I'm not mark, going please. To. I don't know how many points you got. I wasn't really paying attention. Oh, I got quite right. well there. Round six. This is the final. This is the final instalment of the hundred and fifty questions and answers from Coronation Street Magazine. Free, pink thing of questions. Why, why is it round six? Why is it? I don't even it's know. It's called round six. It's the final round. Oh, okay. There are six rounds. This is the final. Oh, this is the part. final bit out of round six. Okay. No, this is the final bit of the whole thing. Oh yeah, right. There go. are no more questions after this. Right. You'll have answered everything. Well, that ties in very nicely with our street talk being extended from this week onwards. Go on. You'll have answered everything that anyone ever wanted to know about Coronation Street when you finish this. Okay. Correctly or incorrectly, doesn't matter. Who did a striptease on the Rovers bar after the birth of his son? (laughs) Who did a striptease on the Rovers bar after the birth of his son? When I say you're not going to know the answer to this, does it stir you up to try to answer Brian. it? Or does it make you... Brian who? Tilsley. No. Mar- Ivan Javesky. Did he indeed? Who ate Gilbert the pigeon? <laughs> um, um, Sonny Jim the cat. No, so close as Bobby the cat. Oh, that's what I meant! Oh, man, of course. Sonny Jim was... The... Sonny oh. Jim was just what she called everybody. She was, wasn't it? Oh, man. Okay. Who replaced Ivy as shop steward at Baldwin's factory? Ah, Elsie Tanner. No, Ida Clough. Ida Clough. Who were the first occupants of the corner shop flat? Oh, I don't know. No. Oh, no, no. Norman Dobson and Phil Braithwaite. Never, no, no. Never heard of him. Who broke the news to Albert about Janet Barlow's death? This is too hard. Who I've Len Fackler. <laughs> Ina, you fool. What was Lucille Hewitt's late mother's name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've we've done the Harry Hewitt character profile, but I've got not a clue. Classic name. Elsie. Uh, Elizabeth. Who was Harry oh, Bates? Two letters, right? That's not right. Who was Harry Bates' common law wife? Rita, Rita, yeah. yes, it's Rita. <laughs> Yay! Hey, I got, got one. One, got right. one of the hard questions. Who threw a brick down the Ogden's chimney? It's one of those two. Which <laughs> one was it? Which, which one? Which one was it? Oh, which Susie Birch. Yeah, it was. Yes, not Trisha Hopkins. Who had a snake charming girlfriend? This is the penultimate question. Dennis Tanner. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> Who else? Sort. Which factory worker made a play for Mike in 1976? Which factory worker made a play for Mike in 1976? Final, seen... this is the final question. Oh. Oh. You don't get this right, you're forever disgraced. Oh. Yeah, it's true. Sad but true. Who worked in the factory in 1976? I don't even know who this person is. I've never heard of them. Have you not? Yep. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I vaguely remember 
somebody doing it as well. No, 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 go on. If I give you give me a, the, what should give, I do? Give me some sort of clue, it would be lovely. Um, the initials. Yeah. M-S. M-S. Oh, I don't know. Marie Stanton. No, 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 I was, you usually said M-S, I thought Maggie Sullivan, the college's street novel writer for some reason. <laughs> oh, wow, well, I went <laughs> out with about a whimper on that, but thank you very much for, um. That's the end. Yeah, that is I'm the end. I'm not doing the quiz anymore. Blimey. 1990s Curry Magazine okay. quiz questions are jolly difficult. Well, they got there in the end. Who has got a birthday? Nobody coming up got a birthday this week? Yeah, I did. I think... I've got birthdays. I think there There's is. There's a big one. There's a big one coming up. When's it coming up? Tomorrow. Like, tomorrow. Today. Today, as this comes it's out. Saturday, 19th I'm sure that that person has listened to the podcast on their birthday. And because it why is wouldn't you? the birthday of the very special Eve Steele, Jake <laughs> Anne Malone. <laughs> Happy birthday. We love you. Also, Sally and Matthews well, as well. Happy so birthday, Sally and Matthews. His dad plays Jenny Bradley, but we know that's not true. No. Jenny Bradley slash Connor. Yes. Happy birthday. And it's um, not just any old birthday, is it? It's, she's 21 again. She's 21 today, Jenny Bradley, Sally Ann Matthews, Jenny Connor. Congratulations, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. 21st of September, Zenon Ditchett played Ardi Alahan. 22nd of September, Arthur Lowe played Leonard Swinley. 23rd of September, we've got Rob James Collier, who's Liam Connor, and also in Downton Abbey. And now you know. I do, I, I've seen him. 20, 24th of September, director Craig Lines, and on the 25th of September, Shelley King plays Yasmin, oh, and Sasha Bihar, who plays Maya Sharma. Lovely. Happy birthday to all those Happy people. Happy birthday, Happy everyone. Birthday it's your birthday, yeah. Right, Jarrett, that's birthday enough of this nonsense. Let's go um, on. No, what? hang on, hang on. I wanted to quickly... We, can we talk about face masks? Why? Because people on our Facebook group have been asking about face masks. Oh, we can talk about it in the chat. There's, we'll talk about it in... We'll talk about it in Street Talk. We will. All right, okay. Let's do Street Talk. It's Street Talk time for this week. And like it or not, we were about six episodes this week. So we've got plenty to talk about. And we're going to be talking about the whole shebang. But not the whole shebang first. We're going to be talking about the whole shebang second. Which uh, is the David and Shona storyline. We are going to be starting off with a serious case of the Ollie Wobbles. Or, I've got another storyline title with this really one. I am so this. proud of this storyline title. It's another one that needs an awful lot of explanation. This but I am one very, very, very happy with the storyline title. That probably cost us 40, 50 grand to, to get, come up with. Because this is the product of your... Of my university education, yeah, yeah yes, as you which know. Which was very useful. As you know, buddy, I, I did French and German at university, well, you may not know that, but I did. And I learned in German, and German is very important to this storyline this week, because obviously they're going to get this expensive German medical doctor coming over and telling Ollie, get up and walk. Yeah. So, Just German is important. He's also very expensive. Yeah, very expensive. What is the word for expensive in German? Listen to Bianca Kiesling, this one is for you. That's right, it's teuer. So, this episode, title, this week, podcast title, storyline, I don't even know what I'm saying. We are calling this Toya Battersby. <laughs> I am really, really happy. Yes, yes, yes. I am very happy. Toya well Battersby. Done, oh, it's not Toya. That's right, German for Toya. German for expensive is Toya. So when German says, oh, that is so Toya, they're not saying what a lovely floral outfit that person is wearing. They're saying that that's really expensive. £500,000 for a little snot-nosed kid. 
Oh, surely's worth. Surely's worth it, everybody. Anyway, Toya batters beaters first. Then we're going to be talking about the whole shebang. Then we got the Todd Squad. Although actually, it's nothing to do with the Todd Squad this week. I just didn't have an episode, a storyline title for the the whole Kel thing. Kel kill. I'm sure there's something in there somewhere. Um, Abby Debbie Doo Doo comes next with her addiction. Abby Debbie Doo Doo. Abby Debbie Doo Doo. Abby Debbie Doo Da. Abby Debbie Doo Da. Yeah. Although they seem to be friends this week. I thought that Debbie was going to be a bit more of an antagonist in this storyline. Well, it seems but like... She's not. You she's... don't need to be an antagonist when when Kevin's around. <laughs> yeah. Did you give Peter a look? What's going on Peter? Um, Dogs. We also had a bit more of the Devstitute story. I've also got a little mini subtitle for this one. I think that if we call the story bits that are to do with Asher going out with Corey, Corey Amore. <laughs> Corey Amore. That's quite good. Uh, we've got Tincognito and new character alert, Jabba. Yeah. The next shuttle launch happened this week. We've got a new Shuttleworth. Yeah, oh, George God. Shuttleworth. The next shuttle launch, the character launch no. this week. Wednesday's episode, we saw him in one scene. Just to whet our appetites about this new chap that maybe is going to be um, having a few scenes with Mary and others in future. No, I don't think he'll be in it again. Um, so I... On the whole, like I said earlier in the podcast, I was perfectly happy with it being six episodes this week. I didn't mind it. I was quite interested, in, or very, very interested in the Ollie stuff. I thought there were some fantastic scenes, lots of great performances and everything. Um, I did think, however, that a lot of the other stories, it felt a bit too... Everything felt very intense, life or death sort of stuff this week. Apart from, maybe I'd have to say, the Alahan storyline. And I did really, really enjoy the Alahan stuff. Partly because I like the characters involved, but also partly because it felt a bit more grounded. Because I know that, you know, everybody goes through these issues in life and everything. But you had, on the one hand, you had a, you know, we've got to turn the life support of our three-year-old kid off. That seems pretty intense. Then we had, my house is about to fall into a massive pit into the gates of hell. Yeah, that's a bit intense. Paul angsting all over the place this week because he's just found out that his stepdad slash um, ex-pedophile boyfriend has just been found dead in a canal. Then you get Abby, who's about to get hooked on Class A drugs again. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, it felt like that they're all big issues and a bit too much to take this week. I thought that there could have it could have been done with a little bit more... Um, relatable, down-to-earth stuff to, to counterbalance the, the Ollie story, which, on its own, was enough drama for this week, I thought. Did you get that, or was it just me? Maybe they're just trying to get all of the drama out now, and then the rest of the year can just be happy stuff. I mean, I, it's not like I want Cory to be, you know, plodding along with the boring stories, and I, and I know that in you know back in the past, or, you know, back in the K Oates days, I was sort of all for the, the sensationalist, dark, you know, uh, but it just felt that everybody was either really angry this week or really super upset and harrowing this week or they were in yeah some kind of life or death situation or dire financial straits and it's i i, I found it difficult to relate mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i thought that's what i thought anyway can i can i do the toya battersby story yeah. I'm sure, I, I promise I'll be super, super sensitive to this. I had I, a dream that I watched Friday's episode. Oh, yeah, you told, yeah. And Dr. Schmitz turned up and he was monochrome. <laughs> he was just all grey and he was going, well, it seems as though you have lied to me, 
Leanne. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no. Great. And then uh, I, I woke up and I was like, oh, I saw that episode already. And then I was like, no, they probably had a bit better script than that. <laughs> did, did today's episode you know, live up to your, your high expectations played out in your dream or did it even surpass them? Um, I think... Disappointed that we didn't get to see the hair doctor. Yeah, really sad. Well, maybe he'll come in a couple of weeks because he's very, very busy at the moment, he says. So, Monday. He's very busy stealing cash off Oh, yeah, kids. talking of massive storylines, I've even forgot that the other half of this is I've just discovered I've got a nine-year-old son, nearly ten-year-old son. Nobody can just have little dramas in this story, like this this programme at the moment, honestly. Well, what, do, what else could he have discovered? He's got a nine-year-old hamster that she got... And and told him it died, and she flushed it down the toilet. But secretly, she's been letting it live in her house all this time, and <laughs> and took it to the vets. And he was there at the vets and saw her picking something up. She's like, "No, I'm just Fluffy, here." Is that you? I'm just here to to get some um cheap shampoo because it's cheaper than buying my normal shampoo, and it makes my hair really glossy. <laughs> no, look, okay, let's let's see what happened first. So he starts off at the factory, and he's doing Nick, a bit of snickers. He's he's doing a bit of snooping on Natasha online, isn't he? He's going on her social media. He's, he's looking pretty miserable because he overheard, very coincidentally, last week in the children's ward that he may well be the father of this kid. And we were wondering, like, is it actually his? Is there going to be some kind of misunderstanding? Is he going to think that it's his, but actually it's not? But Well, Steve that... Supersperm McDonald was there. We did. He was, he was in the running, wasn't he, last week, Steve? And he, he was... Yeah. They had that takeaway that time, and we all know what that means. Exactly. But anyway, no, it's it's true. It's his son. He's Nick's, Nick's down. Sarah comes in and sees that he's looking a bit miserable and thinks it's just because of Oliver, but obviously he's got these other things on his mind. And when Sarah leaves, he carries on tapping around on his computer, and then he has a, my son, moment, where he clicks on a page and he sees young Sam with some nice long hair. And he probably thought, oh, I remember when I had, you remember those curtains that I had in the late 90s? Cut from the same cloth. Leanne and Steve, meanwhile, at the hospital, uh, uh, hanging around. They, I don't think they leave all week, do they? We don't see. I don't think we see any scenes of at least Trace They're or at least Leanne anywhere else. They're only allowed to be in that set now. Yes. Because they've infected it, and so Look, it's Steve, their set now. Does Steve go somewhere else? I can't remember. Anyway, Leanne is determined that Oliver's coming home soon, despite very much everybody, everybody else saying, telling her... No, you don't think I think you need to start preparing yourself for the worst, love. Um, also in this storyline, of course, we had the Toya and um, Imran adoption shenanigans it on Monday. It was a nicely Toya heavy week. It was. Well, it, was nice it wasn't season. really Toya heavy. It was, she was just in you it. You know, yeah, three scenes. That's a Toya <laughs> heavy week, as far as we're concerned. Um, so she she's looking a bit frazzled on Monday's episodes, isn't she? She's had a, a stressful day at the office, tapping away at her computer, doing who she's knows googling, what. She's googling what is my job, <laughs> what Toya Battersby Underworld. She's like she's the creed. Of, she's the creed of Underworld, isn't she? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the flats. They should, wouldn't it be funny to do some like um, like like have a, a an office style documentary yeah it would be yeah be at really the factory funny. yeah get on that everybody yeah. because you know in in um no what is it <laughs> no it's in the it crowd you never know what re, what was it renom industries is that was called what yeah, they're making what that's they the do. whole joke of it and and that they could have that at the factory as well nobody ever sees anyone actually sewing any knickers anyway toya's had a very busy day she comes home flats the tip imran's there just chilling 
she's got a fostering chat today with some Karen and they want to talk about Susie. <laughs> it's not just some Karen, that's the actually Karen. her name. <laughs> um, yeah, so not only does Imran's um, dodgy past where his family tried to kidnap his sister and take her off to Pakistan get brought up, but they've also been doing a bit of snooping on the Battersby side of things and finding out that at one point she was going to take Eva's baby and uh, pass it, it off, off as her hers. Own. Imran says, look, don't worry, just tell Karen what's in your heart. Meanwhile, back at the hospital, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of our lovely ginger doctor at the hospital because we've decided that she's called Dr. Hospital, so that's what she's called, deal with it. She comes to tell Steve and Leanne that they're going to try and reduce Oliver's sedation on, uh, later on in the day and they're going to try and extubate him. Meanwhile, Nick's phoning Natasha, who doesn't want to talk to him. She said all that she had to say to him ten years ago. And Nick says, aha, you never told me you were pregnant with my son. She's like, oh no, he's <laughs> discovered. Yes, she, she got me, you rumbled me, you found my secret, Nick. I don't want to talk to you anymore. So then we have the toy with Karen scene, which I thought was a lovely scene. I thought Georgia Taylor did a fantastic job in this. She's, I think that you might have been half in the kitchen, half in the house, saying, Gemma, come out, come out, come, come look at this. But anyway, she, she basically, she's saying all the right things. She says that when the Susie incident happened, she was grieving. Um, yeah, and Karen said, look, what, was it Karen? I think it was Karen. She says, if, what happens if you get attached to a foster child and then they have to move on because you can't keep them forever, you know? Um, I don't want you going running off and snatching them. And she says, "Who do you think I am, Roy and Haley?" No, she says, "Look, a few that look a few years ago, I my my want for a child became a need. It was all that I could live for. But I'm different now. Honest. I we've don't got, think I buy a, this. We've got a new producer now. That was the K Oates yeah. me. Stuart, yeah, not Stuart. What were we now? Ian, the Ian McLeod me just just is really more chill. Yeah, she says I'm as complete as I'm gonna be. But Aww. I still quite like a kid. I was still quite like a kid, but I just want to borrow one. She says, yeah, Please. having a kid child doesn't define me anymore. Yeah, so she, she does a lovely, lovely job. And, and Karen and the, is left in no doubt well, thinking that she and Imran would be lovely candidates for foster parenting. Karen goes, oh, I, I just looked on my notes and I did not actually realise you're in a soap. But I have double checked and it's not EastEnders, so we're happy to let you have the kid. Apparently EastEnders was quite dark today, everybody. <laughs> I don't really know what it was. It's some sort of abuse thing. Don't even talk about thing. it if you don't know what it was. I, I've got no idea. Anyway, um, so back at the hospital, uh, Leanne and Steve are having a sad sing-along to You Are My Sunshine. Which, did they say it was one of his favourite songs or something? Or what they used to, I believe what for they one used to minute. Sing to her? Yeah, Gemma used to sing that to me a little bit, didn't you? Used to well, that's that. one of my favourite songs. I just don't believe that as a kid... Knows what that's so doesn't no. he like the theme tune to like I don't know, Blues Clues or something? Does that have a theme tune? I don't know. We're gonna play some Blues Clues. Is that is that what it goes like? I don't know. I remember watching it a long time ago. I don't know. Um, You've also missed out this whole bit about Nick and Natasha. Oh yeah, Natasha. Natasha she shows in. up at Nick's She's flat, like, doesn't she? Comes she? In. she just lets. Oh no, sorry. Oh, the postman let me in. The delivery well, man let me in. Well, the postman no, should know that there's a pandemic on. Yeah. Don't be letting random birds in people's flats during a pandemic, mate. That's how we get a lockdown in yeah, the northeast. Exactly. Not well. This is the northwest, so it's northwest. okay. <laughs> North. Anyway, I, I I liked how she was still. She still had a bit of an edge to her, didn't she? She was still a bit snarky. One of her first <laughs> yeah. lines is, "Oh, you're still living here. You're still tangled up in your mum's apron strings." Um, she tries to deny that this kid of hers is Nick's. And at first, I, I believed her. She says, oh, it's some guy called Andy. 
we're still together. We got together, yes, it was like 10 years ago. And we've I been don't know where he is. Together every, yeah. He disappeared down a basement and I haven't seen him since. Not that Andy. He said he'd be back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be a twist, wouldn't it's it? It's Andy's child. Oh, anyway, um, Nick says, look, I've been doing my research online. You need to watch out. You need to get your security set and sorted out, love. Um, you don't, there's no such person as Andy. That kid is mine. So, and Natasha says, yeah, go on then. You got me, Nick. Um, uh, he is your son, but that's where your contribution ended. Um, don't, you, you are nothing to do with him, and we've been perfectly fine without you. Thank you very much. He tells her about Ollie, and he says, look, I want, I want to be part of Sam's life, but not, now's not a very kid. good time. I've got another kid on the go, but there will be an opening for a new son very soon. Yeah, yeah, so just, you know, prepare him for his audition. and I'll see what I think of him. I, I was going to say, give me about three months, but it seems like this storyline is <laughs> accelerating quite quickly, so who knows? He needs to be ready on the end of a phone call. Also, do you have a spare million, half a million quid? Uh, yeah, half a million quid would be lovely, please. Anyway, uh, Natasha's not particularly happy with this arrangement, but she agrees. She says, look, whatever you do, just don't, you know, spring up on him and don't be a half-hearted dad. You need to commit to him fully or not at all. Back at the hospital, Steve, what? I'm just, what, what the hell? I can't even remember did Nick do that's so terrible that Natasha's decided that he's not allowed to be part of her son's life and doesn't even, is not even allowed to know. I can't remember. I think it was just because they wanted a surprise soap baby. Probably listened to last week's podcast, we probably said. Anyway. Dr. Hospital. Oh, Dr. Hospital. She's telling Steve and Leanne that they've had to up the sedation again. They tried to extubate Oliver, but he just started seizing again. Basically, he's going to have constant massive seizures without sedation and they won't stop. So this is like... No, sorry, Siri. yeah. This was yeah. awful, listening to life this. Life support is the only thing keeping him alive. And yeah. Leanne's like, well, he can stay on life support forever. And the doctor's like, no, it doesn't no. work like that. No, not quite. So, uh, oh, God, I hated this bloody thing. You oh, know, no, you know, this was bad. You know when people take driving tests in Coronation Street? You know every single did bloody you, time that someone takes a driving test on oh, Coronation Street? Oh, I'm really sad because I passed my test! Toya, you disappointed me, love. <laughs> you you could have been a bit more original than this. Also, get no, it. it's no. A what's bit what's bad about? <laughs> the, yeah, the, it is. It's super insensitive. At least when it's you saying, "Oh, I didn't pass my driving test." It's like, "Oh well, better look next." Only inconvenience is you. So, I don't so care if you Imran comes test. home to see how Toya got on with Karen, and she she does it. She's literally lets Imran believe, not for very long, mind, but for you know five long ten enough. seconds or so. Yeah, you know this foster kid that's been your lifelong dream for the past couple of months. Sorry, it's out. It, it, it's out, it, it's out the window. Baby. Yeah. Um, the, and yeah. Ka- got Karen, shot in the head. Karen brought a kid along with her to the meeting, no, and I, I ran away myself. with her. Not really. We're the best damn potential foster parents that that woman I, has ever seen. I, and I if we haven't got a kid in our arms in the next five minutes, I'd be surprised. I am absolutely shocked. The state of fostering in Manchester must be absolutely dire if Toya and Imran are the two best candidates that they've got. They don't what? have their own house, right? And they one of them kidnaps, tried to kidnap someone else's baby with she their own, doesn't... with the person's permission, but still. <laughs> and the other one was involved in the kidnap plot of a grown woman. I'm sure lots Even of Even though pet. he tried to stop it, he was still around. I'm sure lots of parents have had moments where they've their kids driven them up the wall and they've just like, look, mate, look, brother or sister. 
No. Uh, take take my kid, please. No. Yeah, that's fine. No. Anyway, they yeah, they're going to be foster parents, everybody. Hurrah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, back at the hospital next... No, right. then Leanne phones up and says... Oh, yeah, she kills the she mood, says, doesn't she? Oh, oh, it's really sad. Ollie's really ill. And Toy's like, aha, this is one of those fake-outs. He's fine, isn't he? And she's like, no. <laughs> That's your karma, No, Toya. I would never joke about for, something for to do with children. Yeah, she's stressing out, Leanne. She's looking for answers at the hospital. She cannot believe... That she's she's just not listening. She she she's been like this all well, the way. She's been in complete denial. She's she not... doesn't seem to really understand what is wrong with Oliver because if she did, she would get straight she away. It's she like doesn't you want can't... to know. She she it, it's perfect. It, I think it's perfectly I understandable. Understand, yeah. it's a, as a viewer, it's a little bit annoying. You're like, it's n- come on, it's the not Anne. annoying. It's frustrating. It's, yeah, frustrating. That's a better like... word. You can totally understand, but it's also like, oh, you need to understand this. You need to stop. You need to stop saying that he's going to be fine. Yeah. And somebody needs to just take her and shake her a bit and go, Leanne, wake the hell up. Well, Nick tries, doesn't he? And she's like, excuse no. me for being confrontational. Will they try and kill my son? Yeah. She's like full-on narky Michelle. Not Michelle. <laughs> she's <turning laughs> oh my Michelle. God, I compared her to Michelle. No, Michelle and Leanne were always, you know, two halves of the same coin, weren't they? I mean, they, they've both driven us up the wall with their cowbaggishness. But we've come through it with Leanne. But yeah, and, and she is she's she's got. You can totally uh, totally understand what she's what she, what she why she thinks yeah. that. And of course, of course, Michelle. I mean, she's not been the most successful when in 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 the terms to parenting as well. Lest we forget Rory. We're not allowed to forget no, Rory. No, Michael. Otherwise we... What are you saying? No, I'm just not saying. successful. No, Michael. But... That's the wrong word to use. Oh. That's a really bad word to use. They've what Michael. They say? You just say sorry and move on. Sorry and move on. Tracy shows up at the hospital at the end of the episode. Steve says, look, we're going to try and get a second opinion on this, Leanne says. And what Leanne says goes at the moment. Meanwhile, Leanne... Oh, no, what? Who put... Who died to make Leanne in charge? Oh, he's not dead yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leanne's telling Nick that they'll see as many doctors as they need to and pay as much as they can until they can find someone who can help them. And everyone else is like, yeah, that sounds really good in abstract. And then when they finally get the bill, they're like, actually, no. But at least it only takes one attempt to find another doctor that will do it. It's like, we're going to search till the end of time until we find somebody. Oh, here's somebody. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Hello. Please give me half a million pounds. He's probably got a sponsored ad on Vogel, hasn't he? Yeah. So Dr. Fix-It Schmitz. Nick is rushing off to the hospital on beginning of Wednesday's episode. He's dropping his papers all over the place because he has oh, found... He's fumbling all Dr. over the Schmidt. place. Dr. Schmidt. Yeah. Dr. Schmitz. Um, and he, he, Leanne's still at the hospital... She says she can't. I can't take this all in. Oliver doesn't even look sick. I think that's part. Of the, that's the problem. Is that he's just lying there looking asleep, isn't he? But it's all inside him. That's where it's all going. All going to pot. I mean, what basically. does she want the doctors to do? Cut him up a bit. Put a, put some plasters on him, maybe a bandage around him. Daisy head. plaster on him. Yeah. Um, anyway. We find that Dr. Second Opinion is coming to assess Oliver, which I found very hilarious on Wednesday because we get we got to hear all about this other person who's travelled down from the specialist unit, but we don't get to see them at all. No, do we? Doctor's like, it's not even worth me coming into the room to tell you that everything Dr. Hospital told you is correct. They should have just got Gaddas to give the second opinion, considering that she, she was, was around, in it this yeah. week. Praise be. Um, Leanne is blissfully, ignorantly optimistic 
that Dr. Second Opinion might think differently I and just love... say, Nurse just got a bad cough. Does she think like the Doctor Doctor Second Opinion will come in and go, Doctor Hospital, who let you out of the gloomy bin? Yeah. You're not even a real doctor. <laughs> doctor Hospital, that's a ridiculous name for a doctor. <laughs> How stupid for anyone to even believe you're a real doctor. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience to the Anne. Actually, Oliver's fine. He's just been asleep this whole time. Just needs a couple of spoons of cowpole and, and, yeah. And a Be nice right as rain. cup of hot chocolate. Well, that, that, literally, we joke, but that's what Leanne, I think that's what she kind of thinks is going to happen, doesn't she? She just won't believe what, she does it. All she what wants the, the to initial diagnosis is says. somebody saying there is a chance there's a chance yeah yeah which is what dr smith says later yeah with, with the wrong information so nick shows comes along to the hospital and gives the animal the printouts about this hospital that he's found in germany and it's a, it's an experiment it was a trial or something wasn't it experimental trial thing yeah. but it's it's worth a shot leanne thinks well, no, actually, Leanne doesn't think it's worth a shot. She thinks, yes, this is the solution this that we've been him. looking for. This will definitely work. She rushes off to tell Steve. And then we get to see a scene later on where she's with this other woman whose son's got a new heart. He's been off to see the wizard or something. And um, his operations this afternoon. Leanne wishes her well, but then gives a sad face. I just felt that there's a little bit too much this week of... Um, Leanne's going through all this tragedy and for everybody else around her, everything's hunky-dory. Well, what, apart from Steve and Nick? Well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know they're, 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 everything's going badly for them, but, you know, um, uh, Toya and Imran have got, um, have got a foster kid on the way, possibly. This woman's son's getting a new heart. David's got a really nice place to put a pool in his back garden. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, so, uh, where was I? I'm lost in my notes. Um, she, so, yeah, so oh, she, yeah, 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 we have, we have, we have uh, we, she's on the phone to Das Krankenhaus later, and it seems that Dr. Schmidt is willing to take on their case. Um, it, so, Dr. Hospital, <laughs> I, I really shouldn't have put the names of these actual doctors. Dr. Hospital says that Dr. Second Opinions has investigated Oliver and he's ready to speak to them. So then but you're not allowed to actually. You're speak not allowed to, him. to speak to Doctor Second Opinion. He's like God. You can't look on his countenance because you cannot comprehend. Yeah, his, this his is a being. really important person. This doctor, Leanne, even Leanne, is the supreme being. Even Leanne is not worthy to breathe no. the same air Doctor as Doctor Second Opinion. So they have to have a little pre-chat chat with um, Hospital, and she says, "Look, you're about to be told." that Oliver's condition is causing irreversible damage to his brain. He needs a very powerful sedative. sedative. He's never going to be able to breathe unaided. We need to discuss turning off his life support. But actually, um, we'll, we'll turn it off, but Dr. Second Opinion wants to tell you that he's going to be fine. So you probably want to talk to them first. <laughs> this is At least it wasn't Toya telling them this, wasn't it? Like she would have done a fake out. <laughs> No. Right, I've so, got to yeah. tell you that. He's going to so, be fine. Leanne is not so, le- taking this well. No, she's like, oh, you've given up on him, have you? Yeah, she gets oh, really mad. Yeah, uh, she, she's told about... it's she the, 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 the doctor paints this horrific picture about just... It's not just that Ollie's going to... He's not just nicely to, sleeping with no, a tube in not, his mouth. No, he's going to have liver failure. There was something about his guts, I think, that they well, because said. because you're being fed through a tube and so it's not... It's not very good for your body. Basically, she's told in no uncertain terms that his quality of life is, you know, that there is no quality of life for him. Things are going to get worse for him, even if he's under this sedation. Yes, he is going to be alive, but his body is 
is just going to deteriorate. Uh, yeah, and then rapidly. I, was like, I don't care because I've found another doctor. Yes, and 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 the doctor says, "Look, I I, I know she she's she's calm. She understands. She probably hears this sort of thing all the time, doesn't she? The amount oh, of I bad news that she, that she that she has to give. I know. But I she hope says, she doesn't look. very often hear people going, "Don't kill my son. I'm going to go to Germany." <laughs> She says, there, look, there's really nothing that we can do. So Leanne and Steve go out of the office and says, look, no, we can do this. We need to stay strong for Ollie. I believe in Dr. Schmitz. Um, and then we get a scene with her and Nick. There's a couple of scenes this time where Nick is, Nick's got his secret. He's being very broody and Leanne's saying, oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you for finding this German doctor. What would I do without you? And Nick's like going... Oh, is this Brilliant the time? You. Can I? Sh- she's Why? she's she's in a good mood with me at the moment. Maybe now do I drop the news that I've got a secret son? Oh, maybe oh, not. No. Maybe I'll leave it till next time. Now you've written the next sentence in German for some reason. She has a phone call with Doctor Schmitz, doesn't she? She's holding the phone out, um, and uh, she could be a candidate for the treatment in Germany. She, yeah, she's underplayed Ollie's symptoms somewhat, hasn't she? She's because well, he she asked like, about the frequency of the um, seizures, and we know it to this point. It's, it's like it started off. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's permanent now. It started off every so often, but it's got worse well, and worse like, and worse. And now he just won't like, stop. How many seizures is he having? And she's like, oh, he's hardly had any. He's hardly even got mitochondrial disease. You wouldn't even know. He's actually really fine. I'll I'll just put him on the phone. Hi, my name's Jennifer. I'm completely fine. I, I, I really need some treatment, Dr. Smith, can you help me? Shush, Ollie, I'm on the phone to the doctor. Sorry, sorry about that. He's so lively. Anyway, me light, her doctor. can you help me? And he's like, oh, so, sounds like it'd be an easy job. Half a million pounds, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, he's like, he's like, um, I can't, I'll, I'll, I'll sort this out. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how much it will be. And she's like, it doesn't matter. Money is no object. Yeah, St- Steve's, yeah, Steve's there saying how much. And Leanne's like, Steve, doesn't uh, matter, you a price on our son. Um, we, we have got another Nick and Natasha scene at the end of the episode. She comes over to the flat again. Uh, I don't know how she got in this time, shimmered up the drain pipe or something. <laughs> She's told about today's the tragic developments with Ollie that we're being incredibly irreverent about. Yep. And he says that, look, honestly, I cannot start a relationship with Sam at the moment. I really, really want to, but I just can't. I've got too much on my plate. Sorry. And she understands, and um, she gives him some drawing of some rockets as compensation or something. She didn't draw it herself. No, Sam I, drew it. Sam drew some rockets. She's like, here you go, Nick, I drew you a picture. <laughs> she gives him some rockets. As, so she I, says, I'm here just, you go, I'm, Nick, here's a pregnancy test to put at the top of the bin. I, I wonder whether um, somebody's going to find this exactly drawing of the rockets. Exactly my point. Yes. Um, and, and he's going to have to come up with some strange excuse for it. I just love drawing rockets yeah, in the style of a like child. Leanna <laughs> drew you a picture. <laughs> so Sam on this. Um, <laughs> it stands for... Dr. Schmidt. Schmitz. Schmitt. It's what, how you say Schmidt in German. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Steve and Leanne end the episode arguing because of Steve wanting to know the cost. And then... Um, Can you imagine taking Leanne out for a date? To, for 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 dinner and she's she's like don't want to look at the menu i just want the most expensive thing and i don't care how much it costs i can imagine that and then they find out because schmidt's phones up or the secretary phones up and it's one half? million the half a million that's like that's might a as well lot be of a money million. it just might as well be a million it just might as well just million. say a gazillion pounds one to be trillion honest. dollars you you made a good point after we watched this that like if it had been you know £20,000, let's say, yeah. or fifty even. It could have been a, 
okay, maybe somehow they'll have one of the Curry windfalls or they'll have a little whip round of the Rovers or, I don't know, somehow or they'll they'll remortgage their house. They'll be able to... Yeah, sponsored silence. They'll be able to get this much money. People have managed to get really stupidly large amounts of money at very short notice by just randomly stumbling across bags of money on the floor in this show. But half a million pounds is a magnitude beyond anything I can imagine. Yes. But they don't seem to be too phased by it. Like, Tracy, on Friday's episode, was like, oh, we can get half a million pounds, but it's really whether or not it's worth giving it to a kid. <laughs> yeah, think of all, think of all the shoes and, and bags and, and cat print tops that I could buy with that, Steve. She's like, I buy these from next so I can save money up for other cat tops, but I could have bought a really good cat top from Prada or something <laughs> with that half a million pounds. And kept it for... For longer than Ollie has potentially got left. That's mean. Friday, Steve. Oh yeah, we we get an um, a, an early morning hospital scene where Leanne's asleep next to Oliver's bed, and we see that she's getting a text message from Steve, um, saying house house tricks. Um, um, house <laughs> tricks, kid. And the, yeah. the, um, there were a few scenes of Oliver, weren't there this week? Yes, we, had, we did get like, to see few, some Ollie shots. I'm sure one of them was a balloon with hair on it. In a bed. The, the scene... Well, well, we'll see when we get there later. There was a scene where Leanne was there stroking Ollie's head and it's like, Ollie's definitely not there, but you can see the hair. I, 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 I would was watching love that going, to know, I know what Jane Danson was acting but opposite. It just makes me think, even more than already was, how, what a fantastic actress Jane Danson is. Unless, of course, the picture... They, they, they had oh, like a balloon with hair on it but they put a picture on it of like a dead puppy or something and made her cry. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. But we we saw a few proper proper Ollie shots, didn't we? But yeah. they'd always said that they had a few stock. I keep saying that some some you know some the previous pi- pictures in yeah of him with with tubes um, and everything. So I think we got saw some of those today. Anyway, um, Tracy yeah finds out about how much this uh, German doctor coming over is going to cost. Emma's I also there. I just want to say something else as well, right? Go for it. This this half a million pounds is for some unspecified treatment and we don't know what else this includes and we don't know like is the is this the cost of them coming over here is it the cost of sending oliver to germany it says the duty free that dr is like whenever i come into england i have to buy a really big toblerone yeah so add that onto the bill (laughs) anyway so so they've got that and then they've got so if say say um they have to take Ollie to Germany, which I think would be the case because I don't, I can't, I can't imagine that they can treat him in the UK because mm. if they could, they could offer it already. Well, I, well it's a German I mean, doctor, so so he presumably has a treatment in Germany. Yeah. Otherwise, he'd be a German doctor in England, wouldn't well, he? Why, he? Why can't he bring it over? That depends what it is. We, it, well, the, yeah, the I think it would imagine it's some kind of gene therapy or something. But yeah. anyway, I'm imagining they have to go to Germany. If they do, that half a million pounds doesn't include air flights and hotel bills and food and everything and not having a job for whoever goes over there to be with Ollie, which is Belian and whoever else she mm. can guilt trip into going with her. Yeah. So this half a million pounds is just a meaningless amount. It, it basically is, yeah. Anyway, it's all right. It's not it doesn't, be, it doesn't it's not matter gonna, because not, they're not at the end of the day. They're not going to go. Oh, it came under half a million pounds. There's actually only four hundred and fifty thousand. It's always going to be more than they say. It's like when you take your car in. Yeah, isn't it? Um, but it doesn't <laughs> matter because however much it cost, Emma 
is going to raise it with yeah. a sponsored something because she's dead good at fundraising, we learned today. When when she said this, I kind of felt like she didn't actually hear what they said. I know. Because it was a case of Emma being me, a bit stupider than she actually w- is. Yeah, here. if somebody said to me, I need to raise half a million pounds or my son's going to die, I wouldn't go, don't worry, I'll do a sponsored silence. I'd go, holy crap. That's terrible. Your son's going to die. I mean, it's sweet that she wants to do something. Because when you're in a situation like this, you feel that I, I want to do anything that I can to help. But, but it's like a bit like, you know... It's a drop in the ocean, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Anyway, um, Emma Emma goes off to, to work at the pub. And Steve admits to Tracy that the German doctors don't exactly have the full picture about the severity of Oliver's condition. And Tracy's like, look, you've got to tell Leanne, to be honest... It seems like she's the one calling all the shots at the moment, but you're his dad too. You need to tell her, tell the truth. But also Tracy is coming at this from from a completely... I mean, obviously, she obviously cares and anybody who's in that situation, whether or not you were close to a child who saw a sick child would feel sad and motivated to do something, but she's not clouded by emotion in the same Mm. way that that Steve and Leanne both are, and she can look at this and go, right, so doctors told you with fake information that he can save this kid's life for half a million quid and you're just going along with it. Mm. No, you've got to, you've got to actually make sure. Because for all they know, if, if he found out what, what, what Leanne was saying was wrong, it could be like, well, it will cost two million pounds then, you know? Yeah, They yeah, don't exactly. even know. Exactly. So um, Steve, that's, that's, that's Steve thinking... Um, we we get a little scene with Toya and Leanne at the hospital later, don't we? Which is basically Leanne saying Nick's struggling in silence through all this. So then um, over at work, Toya takes a bit more time out from her busy schedule to go to Nick and say, look, you, you need to communicate with Leanne, talk to her. It, she, it looks like you're coping with this badly or, or you're, you're, you're bottling something in. You, you need to be open and well, honest Well, she comes in and other. she does that classic soap thing of like, Leanne knows everything. And Nick's like, what? Like, Leanne knows your secret. Oh, yeah, she what? does, doesn't she? Leanne knows you're struggling with your emotions. He's like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I thought you, thought you knew about my son. Yeah, no, Leanne, Toya does a bit of a counselling shtick and then she goes for Nick to then um, confess all to Sarah Lou. I was Lou, shocked which I, by this. So was I. I thought that like, he was going to keep Nick, this a secret. So Le- Toya goes, Nick, you must tell Leanne all your secrets. And Nick goes, Sarah, tss, tss, come here. Guess what? <laughs> Guess I've got not. another kid. You're an auntie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sarah's like she, she can't believe that um, that Leanne's that, that, that Nick is is keeping this quiet really or, or it, she she believes that Nick needs to be a part of well she says you can't just not life. be part of his life you'll regret every minute you don't spend with him yeah yeah basically um, yeah uh, she she says I, I think she said that I, I don't know whether she was talking about Leanne or Gail she said some, someone's going to be cross well, when well, they we find all know out it's probably Leanne Coronation isn't it? Street it t- teaches one thing. So if you try to keep a secret from somebody, not only will they find out, but they'll be mad at you for not telling them. Yeah, c- so you c- might as well just She's like, come on, mate. You've been in this show since, what, 1981? you been in this show for, 1980, yeah. New Year, 1980, wasn't it? You should know by now not to keep a secret. Yeah. But so that Emma, we get we get back to her. She's gonna have a sponsored dance. She's decided in the rover, so she's doing a little practice there in front Smashing of glasses. Jenny. When stop everything, who walks in through those rovers' doors? But Dr. Susan Gaddas. 
Wearing yes. a mask. Wearing a mask. Yeah, she does take us up to the hospital later, but I'm sure she knows what she's doing. She's a doctor. She's like, I don't have it. It's not. <laughs> it's all a hoax. Doctors can't have coronavirus, <laughs> oh, can they? Stupid. We stop coronavirus. <laughs> so she comes in and has a sit down because she's going to have a hot pot or something. Pandemic, more like plandemic. Am I right? <laughs> she, she's soon followed by Tracy, who says, oh, "I thought that was you." Um, <laughs> I thought that was you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought I saw you. Yeah. The doctor. The only other person who's around the street at the moment. Well, exactly. They can't just go and ask Ali at the moment, can they? No. Because he's in, he's in jail. So yeah. she, Tracy tells Gadass um, that they're thinking of the, the hospital are considering switching off Oliver's life support. And Gadass is like, look, they would not have said that unless they mean it. Well, she goes, she basically says, <laughs> they, they wouldn't doctor. have just kind of floated the idea. Like, oh, we've got a lot of options here, but what, well, one of them is if we turn off the life support. How, what it do you makes think it about like, that? We could try treating him, but what about this one? She's like, no, nobody's no, no, going to, no, no, no. nobody's going to say like, this unless it's serious. It's like, imagine if you went in and you, you had two kids and one of them was Ollie and the other one was like, say Jack. Mm. And the doctor's like, well, we're really sorry. We're going to have to turn off the life support on Ollie. And while we're there, should we just get rid of the other one as well? Because then you could be free. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really into killing children. One of the things that Gadass said was like, oh, lots of the doctors are parents. So... So they wouldn't they, just give up wouldn't. on a child. No, exactly. As if, <laughs> as as if, if all somebody the other... who, was, who wasn't a parent, as who's maybe a, a bit too busy going... as being a doctor to be a kid, to as have it, a kid. As if there's a doctor walking through, like, the children's ward going, I don't know, why are you bother? <laughs> yeah, <honestly>. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have my own. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tracy is left in no doubt that this, this suggestion of turning life turning off the life support is the last resort. Oh, yeah, resort. Dr. Gaddis is like, yeah, they literally, do, they don't generally tend to do this Yeah, with people who are going to be okay. Oh, I love Dr. Gaddis. There's no, there's no... I just, just genuinely think she's a doctor. She's on level, isn't she? She just feels totally. like a real there's doctor. There's no extra drama in her no. life. Not and she had such a lovely voice. Or if there is, voice. we don't see it on screen. No, she keeps it to herself. She does, she does. But she's got such a lovely voice and the way she speaks. I know, I want her to be my doctor. She could turn off my life support any day. <laughs> um, what's going on next? I've lost, I've scrolled she's, up my notes. Leanne is in the... Oh yeah, this, this is when Leanne's in the room with Ollie and Steve, I think. And, yes. and she's there looking at Oliver in the bed. Talking about what's he dreaming about. A, a T-Rex stealing his ice cream or something, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and, and she tells Steve that we, we really, really do need to go through with this German treatment. Look at our son. He's yeah. worth fighting for, basically, and spending for. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, Steve... if, if, if it was your kid, it wouldn't oh, matter. I know, would I know, it, I know, it wouldn't I know, matter. I know. I know. Um, Emma's thinking of doing a sponsored silence, which um, she's failing she spectacularly yeah. at. Um, Nick shows up at the hospital. Then Dr. Gaddis, who just wants to come Dr. and have Dr. Gaddis is like, hey, guess what? Tracy Ooh. said your kid's going to yeah, die. She, I, didn't, I didn't know there was a medical story going on. Nobody tells me anything around here. Says, How can I help? And he says, what do you mean she said that? Oh, who who she thinks she's going around saying things that are true about my kid? Yeah, Gaddis. And then she goes, oh, maybe I misunderstood what she said. And she must have been talking about something else. Maybe she was talking about EastEnders. Anyway, I'm oh, going. Sorry, sorry. So, yeah, she comes in and, and uh, puts a foot in it unwittingly and then goes out again she didn't even bother seeing the kids she's like well I'll just take him off the register <laughs> gosh yeah <laughs> just go back to the medical centre Moira <laughs> um, Leanne is 
livid that Tracy... Oh, Leanne, has, yeah. She, she, Leanne's mad because she, the way that Gaddas said it, or the way that Leanne interpreted it, because she's interpreting lots of things in not quite the right way at the moment, yeah. she's interpreting it as Tracy's spouting her mouth off, saying, oh, oh, oh there's no hope for Ollie, which, which, which seems like it's basically true, but Leanne doesn't want Tracy... It's it very seems difficult. like Tracy has given up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, and Leanne's like, kid. who are you to even have an opinion? Yeah, so she has a massive go at Tracy when she turns up. And Tracy's like, no, I, I didn't say yeah. that. Because she, yeah. She, she, yeah. She, she, I didn't say that. And also, it's not just you that's involved in this. Steve yeah, is Steve, worried as well. Worried and he thinks that you've not said the right thing. I, I don't think that Tracy did anything wrong mentioning no. it to Dr. Gaddas, well, honestly. She wanted to try and find out say. more, just the same as... Uh, as Steve wants to find out more when he's doing his vlog How then. come Leanne's allowed to talk to Dr. Second Opinion, but Tracy's not allowed to talk to Dr. Gaddis? Yeah, at least mm-hmm. Dr. Gaddis has got a face. Yeah. So Leanne uh, drops off. Leanne tells Tracy, I think we, we decided we think Ollie probably should go on this trial. And Tracy says, look, is this better for Oliver or better for you? Mm, wise I did. words. It was, yeah, I can that understand. That sounds like a wise thing that might come out of Nina's lips. <sighs> No, I don't think the thing is about this. I totally understand what what I totally understand what she's saying, but as of yet, there's been no indication that anything to do with this trial is going to be painful or uncomfortable or traumatic for Ollie. We don't know. We don't know the what so the why. But I don't understand doing. why she's assuming that it would be, and why she's acting like honestly. I was with her up until this point, but the way she's talking about. Um, Ollie now it makes it sound like she's talking about a cat you know like just put him down he's suffering now he's too old put him down you're only you're only prolonging his agony she, this is what you would say about an animal like are you are you keeping the animal alive because it makes you feel better that they're alive and are they actually suffering and is it time to say goodbye now mm. that's not what you say about someone's kid it's what you say about someone's dog maybe yeah, oh, it's horrible, it's horrible. I know, but I, I thought she just crossed the line a little bit here because it's not... I, but I do do understand, but I just think that the, the logic of the story jumped forward about five paces mm. into a different thing yeah, that we yeah. hadn't established yet. Mm. We haven't established what the trial is or what it would do. So Tracy had no reason to say this to Steve. I think Tracy... I, I was a bit confused for part of this about the... the what the trial was actually trying to do was it trying to cure him or was it trying to give him an extra you know three six twelve months or i don't or know whatever? i don't know if it, if it's gene therapy um which I, it, I can only assume it would be i don't know anything about how that would apply to mitochondrial no. disease Le- leanne seems to think that i mean it's the magic wand basically doesn't she and, and he's going to be completely better i think that's what she thinks i but think I she think thinks it, yeah but i personally i'm just thinking They'll go, yeah, we can keep him alive. Yeah. We can stop him seizing, but he'll be unconscious. Because the thing is, he might he might have already had some kind of brain damage or something mm, yeah. from the seizures. I don't know how yeah. this works. Yeah, no, I don't know. So Steve goes and finds Leanne and says, look, we need to, meet, we need to make sure that any treatments that we put Ollie through, any trials or whatever, is worth, you know, any... Yeah, is, is worth putting him through, the, the prolonging his agony or whatever. And Steve... Well, she's like, you need to tell him the truth because it could just be yeah. like it's not going to work. Yeah, and Leanne, and Leanne doesn't like, want oh, to. But she, I, She's she, like, oh, if we have to lie to get him treatment, then we should do it. And he's like, no, it doesn't work like that. But um, 
I also like the way that everyone's assuming, right, that Dr. Schmidt would turn up at the hospital and then Dr. Ward and Dr. Hospital would come out and go, here's the notes, doctor. And he'd go, I don't need the notes. I've spoken to the mother. Yeah. I know everything there is to know. (laughs) (laughs) That that is true. Do you think we're going to actually see Dr. Ward again? No, Dr. Ward... I think Dr. Ward was on a certain contract back in uh, March or February yeah. whenever it was filmed now that, she's and, off and now she's else. off doing uh, being an extra in something else or maybe even a main role in something else which is why she's been hastily replaced um, so yeah Leanne calls up uh, Dr Schmitz who says oh it uh, doesn't and, even matter I don't care about that yeah she, she tells him the truth doesn't she she says yeah I may be underpaid lied, the amount yeah. of seizures and he says oh it doesn't matter about how many seizures I could, there's still a chance I could help uh, I, I just want a half a million pounds to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> I, I will do anything for money. Yeah, well, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> I will like, go and say anything. That'd be a twist. It's, do, it's <laughs> Dr. Dr. Schmidt. It's just a, a snake Actually, oil salesman. I mean, it does sound a bit like a, you a know, a, a made-up name, doesn't it? Yeah. It is the most English sounding German name like oh yeah well, my name is Dr Smith but it is, it, call is, it, it, ger- it is the German because version of Smith there are a lot more complicated German surnames that you wouldn't even begin to be able to pronounce if you weren't German and it's just very convenient that this doctor's got quite an easy name that would be a great twist but I don't think this particular storyline needs anything like that well I mean it's, it's already got outrage. a son coming out of the woodwork the outrage if they had fake doctors um, they already had that though didn't they with um basically what happened with Sinead. What? Fake doctors? Well, yeah, what, just take these vitamins and oh, you, yeah, won't, yeah, yeah. you won't die. Yeah. Drink a smoothie. Kale smoothies. Yeah. Oh, never forget. Um, anyway, Steve is now relieved that they're not lying anymore. Um, Honestly, at this point, if I was Steve, I would be like, okay, now that the only problem left is where the hell are we going to get this get money £500,000, which is what he tells uh, Leanne, uh, Tracy towards the end of the episode. And there was a final scene of uh, Leanne once again thanking Nick for being so lovely and no, understanding. No, no, she didn't even say that. She said, um, Nick, thank you so much for keeping information from me. That would have made me sad. And it goes, you're welcome. I will keep it up. Mm. Doesn't she? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick's like, hmm, this is all I needed to know. <laughs> How convenient for me. So... So, right, so, what? so. What were our opinions on this? We've already given some. We're being very flippant. I'm being Again, completely flippant. We have to give a... No, no, no. We have to give a disclaimer. Like, it's, You should have realised that this we're, we're flippant people, but it's too sad to talk about it without making it's a horrible. few light-hearted comments. It, it's horrible. I still stand by the fact that I'm glad that Coronation Street's being brave and killing off Ollie. I'm, no, I'm... he's going to be fine. <laughs> Shut up, Leanne. I'm... Th- this is by far what's the the story that's gripping me the most this week. And I said that the Anahan stuff is good, but I'm not going to grip by that. Every time that the story deviates away from this, I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, I think that all of the main players in it are doing a fantastic job. Oh, I mean, God. Jane, Jane is... Danson is just amazing. I mean, we've She's been the best. like it. The domestic abuse storyline gave Shelley King a chance to shine, and this is giving Jane Danson. A chance yeah. to shine. After a, a while out of the spotlight, wasn't it? Because she always used to be there up in yeah, the nominations she was like for a Best big Actress. Name. She is going to be there next year, isn't yeah. she? If she doesn't get nominated for Best Actress in next year's British Oprah Awards, there's something going on here. But she's doing a really, really 
fantastic job. She's so everyone so is, but good. she's she's clearly the the oh, I don't say the best, you know that she's. Well, the she's focus the, is on her, so she's got more opportunity. Yeah, but the, I think that the script writers and producers or whoever makes the decision about it were right to focus it on her. I had been feeling it's a good that job s- that she's Ollie's mum, otherwise it would have been really good. <laughs> I had felt that the Steve was being sidelined a little bit, but he did have a few. It really feels to weird play, to me he? that Steve is just like acting like, oh, I'm, I'm just the sperm donor. I'm not really involved in this. I am a bit sad, obviously, because I was hoping he'd grow up and I could play football with him. But mm. he, he's, he, just, he, he he's giving an impression like, oh, I'm glum. I'm really glum. Uh, he's I, not like shattered or sad. Look, but I'm just glad he's not that he's not doing life. comedy gurns. <laughs> Where sometimes I was worried that five hundred thousand pounds. <gasps> I thought there there was a chance, there was a huge, huge risk that Simon would play it like that. No, and, why would you? No, you would. No, you're but, mad. What are you talking about? You know, because sometimes when a character is is a buffoon for so long, you just can't help it, because that is what your character is. But I think yeah, that he is pulling it out of the bag. Si- Simon Gregson. Um, he hasn't been he, given. He has got it in him to yeah. do a great job, and, and and just watching him in the late nineties in the classic episode shows that he is a quality actor. But he hasn't he, been given material to do as much as Jane Danson has been given, and we can't have them. It's really much easier for a viewer to focus on one person, mm. and we can't have both her and Steve just being sad and crying. You know, you want yeah. you want somebody to be a bit more of in focus mm. and obviously the mother is a more an easier character to oh yeah sort yeah, of yeah. empathize with because you know yeah um I, I, i'm just what's surprising me about this story is is just how quickly it's happening and i can't remember whether we said this on the podcast last week i suppose it was monday when it really yeah, you, you know accelerated just how bad this is when they're taken into the office and they're told straight exactly how bad it is even if they keep him alive how it's bad it will really be it's always really surreal it's like, when you get taken me. into the office and the do- and the doctor saying like there's no chance this this person will die and you're like this is what ha-, like this isn't real this can't be real i can't believe that you like i remember feeling this before I, you can't tell me there's nothing you can do that's crazy mm. but they're right there and they're fine how can you say that they you it, yeah it's, especially yeah you just think there must be some there must be something you haven't tried yeah I, and, and i i, I and you feel surreal see, it feels I, surreal I completely like sympathize with, with leanne as as difficult as it can be and, and sometimes i'm watching her go and calm down love but you know i don't i've never has, i've, I've never situation. reacted like that i don't know how people i don't know how many people react like that obviously no, some people I, do. Y- and also for the purposes of the story she has to she yeah, has to, to some people conflict. would just, you know, close in on themselves, wouldn't they? But yeah, I, I do. It does feel a little bit, um, like I said earlier, they seem to be laying the misery on a bit too thick. And, and that You Are My Sunshine was, was a little bit schmaltzy. Um, and it's also making me think it's, it feels a bit too soon after the Sinead storyline. To, to go through this, it was, it was basically, it was this time last year, roughly, give or take, that Sinead was being told... You, you, your cancer's aggressive, it's spread, you've only got, what, three months to live, I can't remember, whatever. 
We said this time and time again about Coronation Street that they rely to like far this. too heavily on medical storylines to create drama, and they didn't need to do any for decades of of the show. There was there wasn't any terminal illnesses and people going in hospitals and stuff for a long period of time and watching somebody slowly die. Mm. We didn't need to have stories like that. And in the last five years or so, it feels like every year they're like, right, who wants cancer this year? It is. It, it's not just, you know, you're in, you, you got a bunion or something, is it? It's something... Really degenerative de- and nasty. And, and rare. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're going to raise awareness for it. Yeah. I mean, even earlier... They're going to this... have to check where they fall out. There must be some kind of pylon there that's giving off radiation I, or something. I, I, I did hear that. Didn't you see on the front of that Weatherfield recorder? 5G trials are starting oh. Weatherfield this year. Oh. Oh, um, get Dr. Gaddis on that. <laughs> uh, but they also had Bertie in hospital earlier this year as well, didn't they? When he had his chicken pox. And it's just... Yeah, everything feels life or death and and wow. you don't just go for hospital for life or death situations but i mean yeah but it does make is, a bit of a difference from previous times when they go sophie you'll never walk again oh there she goes she's gone to the toilet she's just walking off that is Come true back. we we used to make fun of Come coronation back. you'll never walk again I we told used you. to make fun of coronation street for people going into hospital all the time being told that yeah, is yeah. Exactly. I mean, even you'll, you'll never walk was, again. Was, like this wheeling around have... in a wheelchair at one point because she said they said she wouldn't walk because she mm. had that car crash. And then Sophie had the same thing. She got run over. Mm. But yeah, the um, and Jack's leg fell off. What you what you said about um, Ollie not seeming to look sick was is also parallel a parallel to the Sinead story as well because she was feeling and looking kind of fine. When she was oh, told kind that, of fine, was she? when she was given the bad news as well, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's it's oh. after this story, let's give it a rest for a bit. But the thing is, I think, in a way, Coronation Street, maybe McLeod learned a lesson from the Sinead story that, and and that is, grief People porn gets gets rewards, gets awards. You get to go on Lorraine and talk about how sad it made you feel yeah. to learn that this happens to real people. Mm. But I mean, I've, I've, I'm probably sounding very contradictory in myself, kind of moaning that it's a bit like that, but still <laughs> saying it's the story that's keeping me gripped the most. Uh, and it's, it, it it's is because it's, it's because um, you're not as with the best one in the world. You're not as invested in Ollie as a character. So the focus is on how do the relatives of the person who's dying, how do they cope? Whereas Sinead was a bit more of a mixture of like what well no, I didn't watch it but what does she think and what does what does Daniel think and mm. then the affair and everything whereas this is just literally ha- watching a mother trying to process her grief and come to terms with the fact that she's going to have to say goodbye to her child and when she thought that she would never have to do that and mm. she would you know she would go before he did and then and, and and it's just because obviously we know they can give this guy however many half a million pounds they want. He's not going to fix Ollie. There's no cure for this. We don't know what he's offering. No, but I mean, I, I, I'm, I it's do not, not going to work. I don't. I mean, they could, and I don't think this is going to happen. Have it that he comes over. They found five hundred thousand pounds down the back of the sofa. They give it to him, and 
it extends Ollie's life for six months, 12 months or whatever. That could happen, but it feels like it's not going to happen, doesn't it? No, it really feels like it won't. And like what they could also just send him to Germany and say, oh, no, Ollie's really good. He lives on a farm in Germany with all the other children. Yeah. Like when your dog dies. Miss Tanta Pam. (laughs) Yeah. And and I I hope that I hope that this story's over by the 60th. I, I don't need the 60th anniversary of Corrie to be everybody really, really sad. I'd rather there no. was a bit more exciting drama and silly drama and, you know, villain drama. I, I don't need this. I'm, so I think that, that... Which also means that it feels to me like that his his imminent demise is... Imminent. It, it is imminent. I think... Uh, I am much more interested in how people are going to cope with thinking about this dilemma, because I think it is a dilemma, of giving up half a million pounds for dot, 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 question mark. Mm. Because if it was your kid, yeah, half a million, whatever you want, you can have whatever you want. I'd, I'd, you know, you wouldn't care. Take everything. Take all the clothes I'm wearing. I don't, I'll be naked and live in a, in a ditch. I don't care. Save my child, even if it's for another week. But if it's, if you're one removed, say you're Tracy, and you're saying, you know, I can't say no, but half a million quid. Mm. Do you think that they're going to find this half a million quid? Do you think that Emma's science-sponsored silence? Oh, no. I, I think if they find half a million quid, it's going to feel too unrealistic. It's not. Surely un- they can't. Not... Surely they can't. No, no but listen, you're too... the thing is... They could find half a million quid. I think they could. But what what uh, are going to be the consequences of, of, of that? Because let's not forget that there are still a few children who are dependent on these adults. Simon, mm. Amy. Now we've got Sam as well. These parents aren't just looking out for Ollie's best interest. They're looking out for their other children. And Leanne only has Ollie to care about. Well, no, she's got Simon as well. Yeah. She's she. They've got assets. I mean, Tracy's got a flower shop. She could sell that. She could sell her business. Because I was looking up, wasn't I? Oh, yeah. Uh, earlier in the week, how how much could you sell a, a flower business for? You could sell a flower business for about fifty to a hundred grand. Mm. You could sell your taxi firm. I don't know how much for. Depends on lots of factors. But you could sell that. You could sell. You could sell. Um, your house you could sell lots of yeah they do have lots of assets nick's got factory you know it how how much how much are people willing to sacrifice mm. for ollie is nick gonna without and, knowing what is going to be the what's going to be the outcome will nick try and sell the factory to ray oh, maybe mm. Yeah, but the thing is, if they said, right, you give me half a million pound and we'll cure Ollie, it'd be absolutely fine and, and it'd be perfect. Yeah, that seems like a good deal. Anyone would go for that. But if they said, right, you give me half a million quid and Ollie might not wake up again. Yeah, but he'll still be alive. What would you... What would... I don't... I can't... The thing is... I can't no, put you myself can't... in the position. I... You... Not if you're Leanne, the answer's yes every single time. Yeah. But Tracy's the one that has already pointed out, like, this is a lot of money here. She's got Amy to think of. Amy probably wants to go to university. She probably has savings put aside for her. Mm. 
is she going to give that to Ollie? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Would you give your? Would you give money to say? Yeah, on the on the on service. If, if somebody's asking you and you were like put on the spot for a YouTube video and they said, would you give your all your money, all, all your savings to save a child's life instead of giving it to your to your current child to to go to university with? You'd say, of course, I'd save a child's life. Who wouldn't? What a monster! But if it was actually you and you actually really had to give that money up, you would have a think about it. Mm. Just like Tracy is going, wait a minute. Yeah. And, yeah, and... and because if it, it's not just bringing him back to life again, is it? And it's, I, we don't know. I don't know how much Tracy would, um, would resent Leanne for, for, ha- for doing it as well. Because, yeah, it's, if, say she sells her business and she, she gives them 100 grand, then what's she going to do? Mm. She's she's jobless. She could end up homeless. Yeah. Gosh, what's a dilemma? And then what's what's Amy gonna do? And 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 all this is going on. But then at the same time, there's also the the flies in the ointment of Imran and Toya's fostering, and also obviously the whole um, Nick Sam Natasha element to the story. Which well, this is exciting as it is. I, it feels like the story doesn't necessarily need it. Like, if you're Toya. And Leanne's going, oh, I need half a million pounds to save Ollie's life. And you're like, oh, I want to move out so I can get my own place so I can foster a kid. Mm. How could you be going, oh, I'm picking up curtains with Imran today? And then they, she'd say, oh, well, that money sure would be handy if I was to save my kid from dying. But no, you feel free to get whatever colour you like. Yeah, yeah. What, what were your, um, what, what did you think about the, the Nick plot development this week? <sighs> And, and the just, fact that it is definitely next. I and don't it's, know. And it's, it's not really it? a retcon, but it's one of those ones like, well, we didn't see it happen, so therefore, blah, blah, blah. It's I a, don't like it's the... It's a Susan Barlow-style retcon, isn't it? Yeah. Susan Barlow-Billy like one. on the horizon to think that there's going to be a bit where Nick's going, mm, fake son, real son. Got a real son I didn't know about. Fake son I didn't. I don't kind of. I don't think we need another member of that family. When Nick came back um, the other year and he had uh, what was it, Elsa in tow, I was like, no, you don't away, need Elsa. you. We, we've got a nice family unit here. I don't need you as being a hanger on. And I, and I know we haven't been introduced to Sam yet. He's obviously been. He's I'm been sure cast he's delightful. And but the thing is, it feels it, like he's the the extra the. And I know exactly, I just feel as though I can see exactly in my mind the scenes that will play out with Leanne and Nick. And like how she would react, especially if when Ollie dies, she'd say, well, good for you, you've got another son, you don't care about Ollie, you don't care, you've got a replacement, that's all you care about. It wasn't even your son anyway, so you go away and leave me alone, you know? I can you can just see it and and Nick squinting and going no Leanne it's not like that yeah she doesn't she well, well, feels a lot to me like she's gonna get get um get mad at him take it out on him blame him and, and then, then push him away and then he'll end up with Natasha and Sam yeah and then exactly. she'll be like see I told you all along I knew that you were gonna do this in the same way that Leanne was horrible to to Toya when she first found yeah. out about this and then had to uh, yeah had to grovel yeah. 
I, I can certainly see it going that way. I wonder as well whether I mean we've been saying I've been saying for the past nine months that I think Grace is going to end up dying and Michael's going to end up holding the baby, and so I, I wonder whether maybe Grace and Natasha can just you know Go Bonnie, to- Bonnie and Clyde are over a cliff together. You're then, thinking of Thelma and Louise. Oh, the Thelma and Louise, that's the one. Bonnie Sorry. and Clyde got shot up in a car in a car chase. Oh, as long as they both died, that's still a good analogy. No, because they were robbing banks. Whatever. Michael is going to end up with Tiana. Nick's going to end up with... Um, Sam. Sam, because of their dispensable so what? other So maybe halves. Grace and Natasha are going to be like, we've got to go pick the kids up from the crash. I'll drive. I've only had five beers. Yeah, something like that, something like that. I, I can't... I, it doesn't feel like Natasha is a permanent, you know, addition to the know. street. I, I don't know. I think, and to I me, really she feels know. like she'd be more permanent than Grace. Yeah, but, but you're right in a way, because you've, you've, you've pulled out something that I hadn't re- really thought about, and that's that this story is the same as, as Mike, Michael's story, although he knew that Tiana existed. Yeah, he it's just still, didn't have a relationship. man... Man finds his his girlfriend with his baby. It is it's long going, lost child story. Go away! Story. You can't be part of my kid's life because you're unreliable. And he goes, "But I really, really want to." And she goes, "Okay, fine, but I won't be in very many scenes. Hmm. So don't expect to see your kid." Anyway, it's all very good stuff. Well done, Coronation Street. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes next week. <laughs> uh, we do you want to give a um what you know prognosis uh, how, how long are we saying no Harley? is that really we're so bad i'm sorry if anybody's offended i hope you've already turned this off because it's not the show for you um i don't think that taking bets on how long he lives is i'm not really, taking bets it's a um, prediction good, but i'm gonna say a month <laughs> yeah if 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 ollie sees november if he sees halloween this month oh uh, I'd no be surprised. that makes me sad that's put him that's made it real for me oh yeah Gemma. Let, let's go for a, a lighter story, the massive sinkhole that's appeared in the Platt's garden. Right. Thanks to the evil's machinations of, of, of Ray Crosby. Colin Waterman. And, and Colin Waterman, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay, what happened? Because we did talk about that story for an hour. But listen... Sorry, I, back to six weeks, six a week, everybody. Six weeks long. Um, I said I wanted to talk about face masks. I'll go on then. Talk Just about very, very briefly, masks. people who aren't from the UK have asked... Because they re- they're watching Coronation Street and they, they keep saying, what are the rules? Because they're not really apparent to me. And like, no, they yeah, wouldn't, that's about right. They wouldn't be apparent to you from watching Coronation Street, but pro- perhaps not even were you to live here. Um, many people don't seem to know. Like for, the, the rules are very strange, honestly. Some cases, they're, they're obvious. Like you have to wear them in shops unless you're medically exempt. But people don't a lot of the time and they don't really get called out for it. You're not going to get called out by anybody. No. If you work in a shop, lots of them don't wear masks. Some of them will stand behind perspect, perspex screen, so it makes sense that they don't have a mask on, but some of them just will just be wandering around without a mask on. Mm. Um, if you go into a coffee shop, you can walk around in a coffee shop and do what you like without a mask on if you're going to sit down and have a drink. But if you're walking up to the counter to take a coffee out with you, you should be wearing a mask the whole time, which also doesn't make any sense. Mm. What what if you watch Coronation Street though you might also think that it's some kind of competition to see who can have the most outrageous mask whether it's Debbie with her massive wraparound can scarf I just or say, Kirk with whatever the heck he was wearing on wearing Wednesday's Wearing a bandana episode. over your face like that is essentially pointless. Mm. It looks cool, but I really wish that Coronation Street had not had those characters do that because 
I know Debbie is very fashionable and I'm not going to say people are dumb enough to say, oh, if Debbie Webster did it, because it's not like she's a fashion icon. But it, you might as well not bother mm. because you're not, you're not stopping anything. It's not, but it's not a mask. Kirk wearing that thing wound me up as typical... Isn't Kirk hilarious? But... Isn't he quirky and fun? No, he's putting his, his everyone's life at danger. I also noted, and I posted this out in the Facebook group, what's happened to Sally's marigold gloves this week because she wasn't wearing those. Her standards are slipping. And then no. somebody said, she's already touched... Was it you that said it? What it was... did I say? No, maybe it wasn't you. Somebody said, well, she's already touched Jeff's computer so she thought that nothing else could be as dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is there to say about masks? Nothing. You should, you sh- you should be wearing them in shops. And the reason why, and you should be wearing them in hospitals, and the reason why that ca- lots of characters aren't doing it is just because you couldn't have a whole show with people just wearing face masks. No, but I'm very impressed by how much they are having people. I never expected them to talk through them. I didn't expect them at all. I didn't no. think it would work. No. But also, we need to remember that what they're showing at the moment on Coronation Street was filmed. I'm going to say last week of July, maybe uh, yeah. roughly mid late, second half also... of July when. Um, so it was a long time ago, and that was around about the time when the masks in shops rules came into play. Practice. Yeah. So Corey's kind of predicting what things are going to be like in you know, eight yeah. weeks' time. So. Yeah, and the other thing to bear in mind is that um, the, the rules are rapidly changing here as well. Yeah. And so Coronation Street's probably not going to try to do too much to copy what's going on in real life because they just couldn't predict it. For no. example... Now we've got this new rule called the rule of six, which means you're only allowed to meet up with six people at a time. Or fewer. Or fewer, yeah, you have to. No, it always has to be, <laughs> it's be six. six. When the postman comes, I'm like, where's the rest of you? <laughs> um, yeah, so six or fewer. And you, in, in the northeast and northwest now, they're having local lockdowns where they're being stricter. And so rules are changing all over the place. There's curfews being announced and you can't go, you can't meet with other households anymore in certain parts of the country. But it's, the schools still plough on. It's um, a mess. Where's the clap for the teachers? That's what I want to know. Te- you want, you, the teachers want the clap? Uh, a clap, please. No. Clap for me, listeners. I've been back to school two weeks, I'm knackered. No, you're doing a job like everyone else has to do. <laughs> okay. Right, Quite. the whole shebang. On Monday... Back on the streets, David and Shona see Ray. He's like, do you want to stay another night at my lovely hotel? And David says, no, we need to find something more permanent. And Ray says, don't worry, I'll help you. I, I can sort of, I've got loads of contacts. And, and David's like, this guy, what is his deal? It's very strange. I'd be very suspicious if I was him. David well, then... Remember, the, 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 Ray's link to that family already was through the whole Bethany working at the bistro and then and accusing him of being a, a massive molester. David's probably like, well, you know what women are like. <laughs> um, so David then hears on the phone, the insurance company's like, well, if your house has fallen down, we can help you. But until that point, don't bother phoning back. Mm. We don't, we're not insuring your garden. Yeah, there's got to be structural damage to yeah. it. Colin Warming comes insurance, around. not garden insurance. Yeah, you should have got the home and garden insurance, idiot. Colin comes round to number eight and and David's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see the person who built the house, which I think is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't he lucky that it wasn't built in the Victorian era, like the other side of the street? Yeah. Um, and Colin says, good luck with that, mate. Oh, and also, Coropedia, please write this down. Maurice Jones, 
who um yeah who, update that page you know Steph Steph Barnes's dad yeah he built this place and everybody knows he went bust in the recession and now he's dead I completely I. I didn't. I we had to look at the Coropedia, didn't we? Because didn't you say is that a person? Is that a person, Mike? Oh, I don't know. Is that a character? But yeah, I I had no idea. I that thought it his was... name was Morris Jones, but it's Maurice. Maurice Jones. Not Morris. Maurice. Yeah. Always good for a laugh. Crazy no. old Maurice. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought. Um. Yeah. I I did not know that it was Steph Barnes' dad who developed that side of the street. So I thought that was a nice little um nice little history lesson. Well, it for is me. canon. It is totally canon. Um, so, co- so, so, what does David say? Like, well, I'll sue. I'll sue Steph Barnes then. Yeah. What do you do? I don't understand how he thinks he can see the person who who built the house. I don't know. Anyway, he's just he's just. You know, I'll do what I want. He says. David goes and sees Ray and says, "Oh no, the insurance won't pay. Can I please stay in the hotel?" And Ray says, "Yeah. Do you know what? Also, have a beer." And then David's getting, I don't think he's drunk, but they're both enjoying their beers. And he says, oh, life's gone downhill since the day Barney died. <laughs> that was funny. And he's probably, he's probably falling, falling down, down, the, down hole, the hole. Oh, and Ray's like, Jesus Christ, who's, who's, who's Barney? And, and David's like, oh, it's a rabbit. That was funny. David has got all his wits about him. He's not drunk at this point. No. He is sharp. Ray says, here's another beer and also a proposition. And David's like, oh, isn't that what you said to Michelle? And Ray says, look, Michelle's, everyone knows Michelle's a nag. Just shut up about her. Mm. <laughs> I've got a mate who's in the property game and he'll buy it off you. She'll buy it off you, but not for the full market value, but she'll take it off your hands. And David's like, nah, what? Nah, 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 nah. What? No. What's going on here? And Ray says, look, I, Ray comes out with the stupidest motivation I can't believe he expected David to buy this. He's like, listen, you, you, me getting my friend to buy your house, offer you to help you because you've got a sinkhole, is going to help me sell more lasagna. Okay? I expect- Because everybody around here doesn't like me anymore and they're not coming here because they don't like me. So if they like me, when they find out how nice I've been to you, they will definitely come here and I'll get more customers. Yeah. I think he doesn't know there's a pandemic going on. (laughs) He must be very confused. Yeah. It's his fault for not signing up for Help Him Out Mondays or what was it called? Help Him Out Mondays. (laughs) He's out to help out. Yes. Um, So David's like, "Mm, I'll think about it. On Wednesday, David tells Sarah about this and he's like, "Mm, this is a, this is kind of a, a good idea, actually. Maybe we should move. And Sarah's like, you can't move. That house has got so many memories. Just remember, that's where mum did that BAFTA soliloquy. Remember that time that we got locked up in the garage by Richard Tillman and driven out? Do you remember that time we buried that man in, in Granny's annex? Yeah. So many, so mem- many memories. Precious memories. Do you remember when we buried Barney in the garden? <laughs> yeah. That, that's more you than a house. On. That's memories. And it's like, well, Sarah, you pay for the mortgage then. <laughs> David asks for advice from Adam. I like this as well. Dad. David's like, Adam, can you help me? There's a sinkhole in my garden. And Adam's like, look, I know everyone thinks I know everything, but I am a solicitor. I am not a property developer. <laughs> and he says, there's nothing I can do. Um, Shona speaks to Nina later. And this is where we get a bit more of the Shona and David romance stuff. And she's like, just for the record, Nina, David and I did not have sex because that would be creepy and weird. But... I do really like him and I would like to have sex with him. Is that weird? And Nina's like, don't ask me about that. That's a bit weird. Yes, it is. But you should talk to him and ask him how he feels about it. So David goes and gets this person's card from Ray 
and Ray then quickly phones him up as David leaves and goes, right, listen, you're going to phone, he's going to phone you up and this is what I want you to say. Back at home, David tells, David and Shona are talking and she's like, oh, I had a lovely time at a hotel. And she finds something on the windowsill that used to be hers when she was a kid that her aunt gave her and she remembers, she has this memory of, of that and she's like happy. And she says, oh, it makes me feel happy and safe here and I want to move back in with you. And David latches onto this idea that Shona's remembering things because of things that she can touch and be around and she also feels happy and safe in that house. I think he took her a bit too literally because he tells Ray that he's not going to sell it now. Mm. And it literally is just because Shona went, I feel happy here. She says a lot of crazy things, David. I don't think that you should make life decisions based on anything that Shona says. And Ray turns, turns his back on David and goes, Ah, curses! Ah! My plan! Friday. Um, <laughs> I like this because Shona says, You know what, David? When I first met you and they said that we were married, I was like, Oh, what a weasel man. Why would I marry him? But now I think you're actually nice. And he, <laughs> he says... I don't know what I don't know what Jack P. Shepherd did to the writing team, but they do keep making jokes about him having a weasel face. And if I was him, I'd threaten to walk. <laughs> she she said she sees a letter about the house sale and says, "Oh, you're not selling, are you?" And he says, "No, I'm definitely not." And then she says, "What are you going to do about that hole in the garden?" And he says, "I don't know, but I've got I'm going to do something about it." Mm. And I say to you, Shona, you probably don't realise this because you've been shot in the head. But when a man says, I'll get round oh to it, about some kind of handy job oh, okay, that he's got go. to do, here some kind go. of, especially in the garden, if he, says, I'll, if he says, I'll, yeah, dig, if he says, I'll do it, I've got a plan, don't worry about it, what he means is, I'm just going to leave it until you forget. And just remember, Michael, I don't forget. Just because Shona's forgotten. Can somebody come and shoot my wife in the head, please? <laughs> If you think you could do that or know somebody you can, <laughs> Michael, just email conversationstreet at gmail.com because I check this that address an and Gemma doesn't very often. This so is an assassination attempt. Everybody's got this recorded now. That was a threat against my life <laughs> because I complained about a hedge. Right. Um, I thought this was okay this week. I preferred it on, um, was it Monday, the David and Ray scene? That was by that far was my really favourite scene of this story of the week. David I and Ray am could so be great friends. glad that they didn't have David completely falling for Ray because when, they, when he was falling sitting... For his for, yeah, tricks, falling for his tricks, not, not falling oh, Ray, in love with him. You're so dishy. Oh, Ray, this <laughs> my wife doesn't appreciate me anymore. <laughs> oh, she likes about the garden all the time. She's so annoying. No, I, I, was, I was worried that David might go, okay, dope, dope, I'll let you have my house. Yeah, he didn't. House. And when he went, hang on a minute, what's going on? I was like, yes, David, you're smarter than that. Well done. I really liked Bit David's disappointed in the next face. episode when he was sort of saying to Sarah Lou, was it all you maybe, maybe? But yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that but the thing most is, though, everyone else on the street, David, uh, Ray, I think, could work is, is radical. Can not I just point David out Platt. that, that perhaps, shrewd. perhaps Ray does have a nefarious plan, and we're still not really sure what it is, but we know it involves buying up lots of property on the street and assuming that means that he's going to put something there that nobody wants. Like I said last week, a fart factory. Just because somebody wants something nefarious doesn't mean it's going to actually affect you in any way. Mm. Like, David could sell his house to Ray, go to somewhere else, because there are different parts of the of even, even Salford and Manchester, Greater Manchester area. There are different areas, not just Weatherfield. Yeah. He could just go live somewhere else and never hear about Ray again. Get his money, leave his sinkhole behind. Yeah. But he doesn't want to leave, does he? 
He can do his own little window soliloquy like Gail saying, I've lived 30 years on oh, the street. I've lived on the street and so I've hit that house with an axe and that one with an axe. <laughs> I've, I've That's the place where I had that car crash and set Anna Windass on fire. Oh, memories. This is the house where I came across my wife and my sister murdered a man. <laughs> memories. Oh, my... my Rabbit Barney. Can't just sweep that under the carpet and forget about no. it. Can't just push that down the sinkhole. Um, <laughs> do, do you think that, I don't know, do you think that in the end Ray is going to get the house? Is he Is he going to up his game now? Because He's going to get it, this house. By hook or by think, crook. Do you think he is? Yeah. Otherwise, why would they put a sinkhole there? I'm, it felt like, last week, it felt like the sinkhole was a major, major threat. And, and now it doesn't feel so much anymore. It It's like, oh, it's... You know what I mean? It doesn't feel so important anymore that there's really? a massive sinkhole suppose, in the garden. I suppose it's because David's like, yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, well, let's just stay here. It's it, it'll be fine. We'll just fill it in. I don't know what his plan is. I I, I thought last week that that we 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 discussed the possibility of uh, of the house falling into the sinkhole as a big thing for the 60th anniversary. Maybe taking the other two masonettes along with it, but yeah, I don't know. It feels like maybe it. They, it just happened for a no, bit of I think, visual, visual no. feast of last no. week's episode. I think David's being stupid to think that he can have a giant sinkhole in his garden and and just not do anything about it and it will be fine because you have to fill it in somehow. It's going to cost a ton of money. Um, it is a bit worrying the fact that Lily could just could fall, fall in, in it at any moment. Animals could fall in it. That's a massive liability. Yeah, what about David the dog? If it rains... When he goes out to do his little business every evening. He probably goes out the front now, does a widow on the, on the front lawn. Oh, he probably does. David should train him to do it in Jeff's front lawn. He should train him to do it in the hole and fill it up. <laughs> yeah, how much would it take? This is a very good How many cans question. of pedigree chum would it take to fill up a If you had one Yorkie, Yorkshire Terrier and you had a, a bottomless pit... Yeah. Um, how long would it take them to poo their way out? <laughs> Gross. How disgusting. That would be worth my fart, actually. Um, Um, I was wondering as well how much David is being told is actually the is actually the truth because he's only he's only being told things by Colin and Ray, isn't he? Oh, so you think that somehow it's a mirage and. No, no, just things no, like... No, the insurance company. Oh, yeah, he did they're, they're completely different company. people. No, I was wondering whether when Colin said that the developer, this Morris Jones, is dead... and the, could be lying. He could be lying, couldn't he? Yeah. So maybe he's... Morris is alive and well and is going to show up along with Elaine. Okay, I'm so sorry about this hole. I will pay you half a million pounds mm. to fill it in. And then along comes the Anne. Go in. But, but my son. <laughs> Money for my son. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know where this story is going. It's I interesting think, I to tell you what I think is going to happen. What? Because because David's like, nah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's just a hole. It's not like anyone died falling in a hole. I think what's going to happen is someone's going to go missing, or something's going to happen, and everyone's going to think they fall down, they fell down the sinkhole, and then everyone's going to say, David, you can't just have a giant bloody hole in your garden. You've got to do something about it. Uh, or it will start to increase in size or something, or Colin Waterman will go down there and like break a pipe. Because really, if it rains, the water's going to get down there and it's going to start corroding things, mm. isn't it? Or like undermining the integrity of like 
the rest of the house. I hope that. And the, then somebody's going to say you have to do something about it, and then it might force David's hand. I'm I'm kind of hoping that what we saw last Friday isn't you know the only time we'll actually see the sinkhole. I kind of want the hole to get a bit bigger. I want there to be like you know David wakes up in the middle of the night with a rumbling. And it's not just shown it's after the beans. It's not just a fart factory. This is the question I've got for you, right, though. Because we, in our minds, we're like, well, this is in my mind, right? My mind is, the 60th anniversary story is going to be Ray doing something to the street that's going to cause a massive upheaval and, and strife and get rid of half of the street. Mm. Yeah. But actually, they can't actually do that, can they? Without people noticing them doing it. No. And they said they're not going to have a stunt. Yes. So at the end of this, is it just going to be the 60th? It's just going to be Ray going, here's the blueprint that oh, you already saw on the, sh- on the show six months ago. And it was what my plan was going to be. But you, f- you foiled me. So I'm leaving. You've won again. Yeah, yeah I don't know. No, I don't know. This is what I'm trying to think. The thing about saying all oh, the 60th... What's going what's gonna to cause Ray to eventually leave the yeah, show? Yeah, and if he leaves before he does any of his plan, then it's kind of... He's already been what, outed pointless. as a massive molester, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and it didn't seem to do anything, apart from nobody wants to buy lasagna off him anymore. But, you know, I wouldn't buy... Um, Maybe Ray will fall down the sinkhole. molester. Maybe, do you think he might, he might go out there to try and... With his shovel well, to try and widen it a little bit? Well, do you think the sinkhole will still be there by the 60th? Hope so. Do you? Yeah, I, I like the idea. You like the sinkhole, do you? Yeah. Um, it's alright. It's fine. We we saw the making of on the on Twitter. It's just a green it's just sheet a on green the grass. Sheet. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you've been doing some research. Listen, no, listen. If you guys are like me and you like paranormal stuff, and you haven't heard of Coast to Coast AM, you need to sort yourself out. That's the first thing. Coast to Coast AM is one of the greatest paranormal radio shows that ever existed. But one of the urban legends, one of my favourite things that they ever did on Coast to Coast AM was a story called Mel's Hole, which was an alleged bottomless pit that opened up on somebody's property and the person phoned in and told everybody about this hole and um, people could throw anything in there and it would disappear, mm. right? And eventually they started throwing weird things in there, like a dead, like they threw a dead dog down there and then later it was seen alive, what? right? And then... Because of all the mysterious things that happened um, and how deep this hole was, an unknown depth of almost over 80,000 feet, mm. right? Because of the magical properties, the government came and took his land away. And then there was a load of other stuff about like a some kind of weird goat or something. But anyway, go onto YouTube and look up Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. M-E-L, Mel, Mel's Hole. Look it up. There's a few episodes of this on YouTube of Coast Goes AM where he's talking about Mel's Hole. And just imagine that that is what is in David's Sounds garden. Sounds a bit rude. Because it makes it even more exciting than it already is. And it, it's already pretty exciting. One thing that I was thinking about the hole it was that maybe we'll see a resurgence of the Weatherfield Pusher. Because in the, yeah, in the, yeah. in the Todd story, or yeah, the yeah. Kel storyline, we were wondering, has, has yeah. the Weatherfield Pusher returned and done yeah. away with Kel? But it turns out today we learned that it was just an accident. He just so fell out. He's not at large. So the, the, the hole uh, is safe. Right. No. Talking of the Kel story, let's move on to that. So... Mary's found out about... You can probably just save us all some time by just saying it's not... Uh, he, it was Cal. He's dead. He fell in by himself. Th- that's basically... Billy and Paul are arguing Billy and Paul it. are arguing about it. 
Um, yeah, Mar- Mary and Billy go off to identify the body, don't they? And, um, and, and Paul doesn't know at this point, but then they talk very loudly about it down Victoria Street on the way back from the police station. And Mary says, oh, Billy, I think it's time you told Paul the truth. And what do you know? Paul's right round the corner. The saying, truth about what? The truth about what? What was, what was that that we said? Oh, it was in the, in the, in the Kevin Abbey storyline. We said um, when Debbie and Abby were speaking very loudly in the front room of, well, not the, you know, the, the lounge of uh, number 13. And then Kevin comes in and we thought that he'd overhear them speaking what about What were you it, saying about drugs? What, yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, but no, he didn't. Anyway, so Paul knows the truth. Um, he's upset. He's, yeah, but he he's has, dead. He has more breakdowns, Because it more is crying, Kel, at this point, it angst. is Kel. Then he said, yeah, now, now it's, it's, it's never bringing, over. It's bringing all it all back emotions. to me again. It'll never be over. He goes and then missing. He, he goes away. Billy comes over to, to Chesney and Gemma's house later. It's number five. Bernie's there. Uh, he can't find Paul. Paul. Paul just keeps going missing this week. And getting He's drunk. Getting, getting drunk Sounds and getting like heaven. drops. Um, Bernie says, good riddance to Carol. Never liked him anyway because he was a child molester. Yes. And, and Paul's saying, well, I'm, I hope he is dead. Because um, he's a child molester. Yeah. Um, and then on a Wednesday, they're arguing, they're bickering, and then a bloke comes along and says that he wants a woman. Oh, this is the bit where uh, Paul was talking about the, the the man upstairs or something, wasn't it? And then the bloke comes, the police Hello, officer comes me. around the corner. Oh, like, God. Hey, I'm, the man, I'm the man upstairs. I'd like a word, please. No, it's a copper who says, yes, it is Cal. He's been dead for a few months. So Gross. it's definitely not Johnny and Scott's security guard. Don't forget about that one. Also, imagine what they saw if they went to go look at this body. What? That's horrible. Oh, yeah. If he's been dead in the water for a few... I don't think um, That's not what happens. Paul says to the policeman, I'm not surprised somebody would want to murder Cal. And the policeman <laughs> goes, Aha, I didn't say anything about murder. Now I suspect you for drama. And Paul's like, oh, I can't believe <laughs> then, I said this. No, and then Bernie comes in and goes, how could you accuse my son of murdering the man that molested him as a child and he definitely didn't do it, no matter when you said it happened, he was with me the whole time. Right, Paul? Wink, wink. Wink, wink. And Paul's like, thanks, Mum. <laughs> um, Paul's gone missing again on Wednesday's episode. But he's um, just drunk. But Paul, uh, Billy's worried about him because... It seems that when Paul was told that it's definitely Kellen, he's dead, he didn't have much of a reaction. But and Billy starts to go, Billy, maybe he did kill Maybe Kel. he knew that Kel was, uh, was, was dead all along because it was him, him what done it. Sorry, Billy, I know you said on Wednesday's episode that you weren't accusing Paul of killing Kel, but it did kind of come across a little bit like that at the end of the episode where it's like, so, Paul, just asking, did you have anything, anything to do with Kel's death? And what do you want for dinner? Yeah, so that was a bit of a bad move by Billy. Little bit insensitive. Paul and it did mad. mean that we have more scenes of Paul getting mad and angsty on Friday, arguing, accusing um, Billy of being a bad boyfriend or accusing himself. It was all... I don't know. I don't Craig know. Craig comes over and goes, oh, he fell in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit slippy down that bit of the canal. We really ought to do something about that. But it's more dramatic if we don't. Yeah, so Paul goes, ah, after Craig leaves, oh, you accused me. And then he calms down later. He's, he's done another disappearing act, third one of the week. I wonder where he's getting up to every day. And uh, Billy says, look, I didn't accuse you of killing Ken. I was, I was just asking because you did have a bit of a complex relationship with him. A bit of a, you had a bit of history, didn't you? So I was just checking. Just checking? And, you know, 
So, and Paul's like, yeah, I, I know, I'm sorry, it's my fault, I overreacted. Basically, and that was the end of that. So they're all kind of happy. I'm glad they and had Kel's this story. Dead. I found this so oh, I, I can't really put my finger <laughs> no, on it. No, like, I don't. I don't bit, need I this. don't care about Paul and Billy anymore. No. I, I'm fed up with Paul clenching his jaw and, and staring. He's doing a bit of a sad. Uh, into the mid- middle distance about everything that happens to him, uh, which admittedly is stuff that you would get mad about, but He's and and, and basically Billy following him. him around with his little satchel over one shoulder, going, "Calm down, Paul. I'm really sorry. Are you okay?" I just not feeling their relationship in the slightest, and I do. What do they talk about when they're not arguing? I That's don't my question. see what they see in each other. No. I just don't get it, um, and and I I do like Billy. But, I mean, I was he was being a bit of a git this week. Well, He's... look, if they're going to throw any old straight couple together just because they haven't, they haven't had a shag yet, why shouldn't the gay people on the street be the same? Billy's gay, Paul's gay, Coronation Street, that's all they want to know. Shove them together. Sometimes it doesn't even matter whether you're gay or straight. They'll stick you in bed with somebody yes. and say that you were like that all the time. Um, yeah, so it's just... Uh... I, I, I didn't care. I didn't care if they stay together. I don't care to, to care if they don't. There's going to be I more drama when... What? The impact on D, the Weatherfield DJ scene. Well, yes, I, exactly. Who is Who's going to give lessons now? Who is going to give the DJs? And then there aren't going to be any new DJs, which means that eventually it'll be Jeff that has the DJing monopoly yeah, of Weatherfield. Yeah. And admittedly, those gigs are hard to come by now. And Ryan, of course. But when it all picks up, there's going to be blood on the streets. Maybe this could be a new career opportunity for Brian. Now that there's a now there's a, an opening in oh, the I would love to teaching see, kids well, DJing already, scene. Ryan, they, they they did do a little bit about Ryan and Jeff being um, rival, rival DJs, DJs, but I yeah. don't feel as though it really got as heated as it could be now. No, no. Um, you because know at that, the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you abuse your wife or not. It's who's got the cheapest rates? <laughs> um, that bit where Paul. Said, no, not surprised somebody wanted to murder him. Do you, <laughs> yeah. Was was it was it was it that suspicious? I probably would have thought that as well. If I if I'd if I'd heard that some dodgy bloke no, I knew had been listen. pulled out of the canal, I probably would have said that he murdered, he was murdered, or just let it slip. Or, but I wouldn't have expected to be accused of doing it. It's I interesting. I was listening to a podcast, a new podcast. I've just found it's not new; it's very old, but I just found it, so it's new to me called You're Wrong About, and I was listening to, they've got a very, very long series about the O.J. Simpson trial, and they said that one of the things that made the detectives initially suspicious of O.J. Simpson was when they phoned him up to tell him that his wife, Nicole, had died, he didn't ask them how it happened. He just cried and put, he just oh, went, yeah. oh no, we that's watched, terrible, and then he put the phone down. We watched American Crime Story, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. So that was one Good of the things series. that made him suspicious. Yeah. And so... Paul did sound suspicious because he didn't say how did he die. He went, well, who murdered him? It wasn't me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it feels like everybody who gets pulled out of the canal in Weatherfield was, was murdered. No, or, no, or yeah, in murdered. Weatherfield, but in real life, the reason that they have the Manchester Pusher myth is that people fall in all the time by accident. Oh, okay, then. It's like the smiley face murders. Is it the smiley face or the happy face? One of them is a real thing, and the other one is a, is an urban legend about people drowning and being murdered. What, what do you think about? I don't you know, know which one's Kel which. 
having this conclusion for him. It's, it, it gets, he does get a bit Tony Stewarted, doesn't he? Kills it did off feel screen. A bit. This is the thing. Like, like now... do you remember that that uh, that storyline that was going really on important. towards the beginning of the year, and it kind of petered out a little bit, and we didn't can really I, want to know how just, to end it. So let's just yeah. kill him off. Can we just point out the complete lack of consequences for Bernie about like trying to publicly shame Cal. They kind of tried to do something about it. Then they just set fire to Gemma's front door. And then Bernie was like, oh, yeah, perhaps I'd better stop. Yeah. But but really, this could have been a really interesting story, especially if he had been murdered, because would would Bernie have been responsible as well? I think it would for, have been more interested if he, yeah, if he had been murdered. Or, or, was it a, or, or was it a suicide? Did he have a pang of conscience and yeah. throw himself in the canal or something? But... There's a lot more to this story than Paul and Billy's relationship, which I don't care about. Mm. And it feels like everything's just been swept under the rug and we're ended up with them having an argument and making up. And they could have done that about anything. M- Michael and I argue about literally anything. It doesn't need to be a dead security guard who used to molest us as children. It can just be tea bags. Yeah. Don't need to it, create this drama for arguments. I'm just, I'm just not enjoying the 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 the, the Paul gurning all the time. Paul is reminds me a tiny little bit of um, Abby in that he's just haunted and dogged by his past and he never feels seems to get away from it and is constantly haunted and brought back yeah down. like do you remember that time he was haunted by pj and duncan the other week <laughs> um anyway that, that's about it and where's like, todd where's todd it didn't get much of a mention this week it seems a bit weird that todd's bag being left by the canal is what made all of this happen it seems all a bit coincidental i wondered at one point you know like could it have been if if he had been pushed in? I was thinking, oh, maybe Todd pushed him in when he was at the canal because that's the sort of coincidence that that might Probably, have happened. Yeah, but too. yeah, the fact that he's fallen in, it's like oh, there's no mystery there. Then, but it's. I just, also feel when I, this... I don't like Paul being drunk as well, and I hope he doesn't go become an alcoholic because that's boring. Because it seems like you can't get drunk without being an alcoholic on Coronation Street either. Uh that's not true. They spend all their time drunk. Okay, like, if you're comedy drunk, it's fine. That's yeah, not yeah, going yeah, okay, to lead to alcoholism. If you're sad, tragic <laughs> drunk, you may well be, so you know, you need to imagine, take a trip with Peter next time he goes to a meeting. Imagine um, Jenny Connor going in to see Dr Gallus and going, uh, Dr Gallus, I think I've got a problem with alcohol. And she says, yeah, but is it funny when you do it? Yeah, it is. Well, that's fine then, if, <laughs> as long as it's funny. Right. Um, Abby, Debbie, Duda, Gemma, <sighs> go for it. What happened? Oh, this were... This, you know, sometimes when a story just kind of niggles at you, I felt this was like really frustrating to watch because I don't like... Oh, I did as well. Like, it feels like it got under my nails and I'm trying to pull it back out again. It, it got the way... I said I didn't want there to be another Abby addiction story and I know she's not yet become an addict and I know she's not yet, you know, gone off towards Peter, but it still feels like it could happen. I thought this was interesting. I do think I, that... I found, I found it interesting how Debbie changed us yeah yeah i liked how it ended right then let's get to it so on on wednesday abby's bored at home all the time debbie clocks peter and abby exchanging glances she gets suspicious kevin recommends that abby and debbie try to get to know each other because he's obviously feeling a bit of friction from them so debbie tries to get the lowdown on about abby from sally he's sticking up for her friend um although she says um sometimes she's a bit prickly when you first meet her because it's like a defense mechanism yeah she said i'm gonna give you something to not like about me before you 
find out the truth for yourself it's in the rovers debbie nearly walks in on abby on the phone to peter she's like she's still thinking about the drugs and how much she really likes them and Debbie starts to try to talk to like, Have you got Abby. a straw? Because I'm just outside in the back of the rovers at that drain and I can't quite reach. Yeah. Um, Abby says, Abby's just distraught. She's like, you were right about me. You're right. I'm a mess. I'm a disaster. And Kevin deserves better. And then she runs off. And then she finds Debbie at home later and she tells her, she, I wasn't expecting this to no, happen. No, I wasn't she either. Goes, I thought that Debbie would find out and yeah. use it against her. Yeah, me too. I didn't give Debbie enough credit. She's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Debbie sa- She says, Debbie, listen to this. You will not believe. I am an ex-addict. I went to hospital. They gave me morphine. I really liked it. I stole some. I had a swig. Peter grabbed it off me, threw it down the drain. It's easier if you watch the show, to be honest. But now I'm super into morphine, um, but I don't want to take any because I don't want to be a drug addict again. But I'm also worried about Kevin finding out and not wanting to be with me because he's the best thing that ever happened to me because my life's been really tragic up to this point. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why Kevin's the best. Yeah. So, um... Debbie's like you should probably tell him this yeah 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 Yeah. so on Friday definitely is what happened um, Abby says to Peter Debbie knows but she's not going to tell Kevin so don't worry about it and then Debbie is like you've got to tell you've got to tell Kevin yourself I'm going to take Jack out okay come on Jack clomp 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 oh here comes Jack down the stairs oh you can't see him because he's playing on his Xbox. <laughs> they they really didn't need to mention Did it or bring know? him up quite so much because it was it became very apparent that he was clearly not there. Look at all the sausages that aren't here because Jack ate them on the way to go and play on his Xbox. <laughs> I assume he's playing Red Dead Redemption too, because you know if I had a room to myself, you wouldn't be allowed in I it. I think he's too young for that. I know. Uh, they have swearing actually. Yeah, it's really bad. I, I saw a man get shot in the head. I know that I Jack is shocked. a bit older than his, than he should be, but he's not old enough for that yet. What is it, an 18? Yes, of course it's an 18. Oh, you can play those when you're 10. It's You minus it by 8 every time. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she's trying, going, come on, Jack, we'll go out together. You and, you and Kev uh, have some alone time. And Abby's like, don't go yet. No, I'm not ready. And... Debbie's like, tough, I'm going anyway. Come on, Jack. Oh, sorry. Come on, Jack. <laughs> okay, coming. So they go to speed dial. And this was, I thought this was kind of stupid. Abby, Abby and Kevin. That Abby is. and Kevin go to speed Not dial while Jack. Debbie and Jack go and have a picnic, which I think is really, why can they stay in the house? It's tragic that they thought about going for a picnic in Victoria Gardens. Well, at this point, Daniel and... Come on, go to the red racket, Lou. Daniel and Nikki are getting drunk in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What a lovely picnic spot. That would have made a bit of an awkward scene, actually. I wouldn't have minded seeing that. <laughs> Daniel, would you mind like, moving on, please? Daniel looming over a prostitute, <laughs> sipping on some beer while a one-legged child and his estranged <laughs> aunt drink hot chocolate in the corner, looking <laughs> terrified. <laughs> anyway, at Speed Dial, Abby and, Abby and Kevin are sitting, sitting down and then in comes Peter and Peter goes, Huh? To, to Abby like huh have you told him yet and, wink wink and Kevin goes hang on a minute what's going on here why are you looking at each other like that you have an affair oh my god he turns into Danny, Danny Dyer Danny Dyer that is Danny Dyer um, he goes he, fall, he starts to fly off the handle and Abby goes it's not what you think I'm actually 
they come back home. I've got a confession. Right, listen, listen, I'll tell you everything. I um, went to hospital. I've already told Debbie this. I don't know why I'm telling you again, but I like drugs again. I went off them for a bit, as we all know, but now I'm into them again, but I haven't got any. And I'm not going to take any, but I really do want to, but I won't. But I don't want to. But I won't, but I want to. But don't worry, I won't. But if I, I have definitely some, won't do leave any around for Jack to take. And Kevin's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm very understanding and I don't mind about that kind of thing. I think you're great and I will support you. And Abby goes, thank God for that. You're the best man I've ever met in my entire life. And Debbie says, God, that's our Kev. He's a stand-up gent. I thought that was sweet. And that would have been fine if it had been where it ended. Then it took a turn because Abby says, to celebrate my sobriety, I'm going to go and get us all some booze. So I'll get some red wine for you, get some cider for me, and I'll get some beer for Kevin. Then she comes back and she drinks all the cider and she's very, very drunk at this point. And then she starts to tell them more about how bad it used to be when she was on drugs. And Kevin finds out that she left some drugs about and one of the twins got got into it. And she said she didn't care about anything apart from her next fix. She, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter whether her kids were taking drugs or... Um, Seb was screaming at her because, frankly, Seb screams all the time anyway. Doesn't need to be for any particular reason. All that mattered was to her To scream, next... you have to open your mouth. I think he just... Mum! Stop taking drugs! Stop taking drugs, it's really bad. Make he me some be, he should, he, He's going to grow up to be a ventriloquist, that Seb, I tell you. Could be. Um, yeah, so she talks about it. And they, Debbie and Kevin are, like, looking at each other like... They really did not put any thought into saying we'll support you in your um in, in these testing times in this situation that we know absolutely nothing about because we're completely naive to it and then kevin starts going you know what when i thought that she just neglected her kids i was fine with it yeah. but now i found out that they nearly took drugs i don't think i can let around jack anymore yeah, and he, that's didn't, how it he ends. didn't know right from wrong. He didn't know not to touch drugs. I, I love the fact that, that she was yet. like, look, I was chill with all the neglect. I don't mind a woman who neglects her kids because you know what that means? More time for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but this drugs thing, I can't abide it because, you know, that Jack is already addicted to Xbox. What if he finds morphine? It will love that even more. Yeah. The true, potential's true. there. He's got an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, maybe, we is get... there going to be a scene where Jack goes along to the addicts meeting for his Xbox addiction, and then <laughs> See when Abby there. when <gasps> when, Ke- when Peter and Abby are canoodling around the back or something, he sees them. No, no, he he's just approached by some shady drug dealer or something. Do you want some drugs, child? He said, "No, but can I have Red Dead the Redemption too?" Don't be stupid. That's an eighteen, and you can't be more than ten. Here, have this smack. <laughs> um. Anyway. Was this all right? Uh, I thought this was... It's it's so frustrating to see Abby continuously fumble. Sally Carmen does it really well. She's fantastic at acting it, acting it. She's really vulnerable. You feel very protective over her. But this Kevin, caveman Kevin, him now thinking, I don't want her to be around my kids because I didn't really re- understand the nature of addiction but now she's drunkenly confessed to me that changes everything. I didn't like that because I thought it was so sad to see Abby sort of completely relax and go, now he knows my deepest, darkest secrets and he's 
still loves me and he still wants to look after me and protect me nothing can go wrong as long as I've got him on my side and then it turns out as soon as he finds out something about her like that he's like no she's gone I I don't think I can have her around my kid anymore he's not quite saying that but he's either gonna say it next week or never or she's going to see that he has doubts and because she's got this defense mechanism like Sally was saying earlier and she's she's got such a low you know, self-opinion and she's so vulnerable, she's going to see that he's, you know, wavering and then say, fine, fine I'll, I'll I just will go. take drugs. Uh, uh, let's go and have a drink of orange juice, Peter Barlow, and, you know, one thing leads so to you, another. But you think it's going... Yeah, you think it's going to end up that they're going to have an affair. I don't I don't necessarily know if that's the I don't want the it to, but it's, you know, it could. Because one thing, um, if you didn't know, if you're listening which you probably are if you hear this. <laughs> Sally Carmen and Jota Teen are living together in They're real life and they married. are engaged. And one of the things, because it recently happened, one of the things, whenever they have an interview or talk about this in the press, people go, oh, how come they don't put you and... and um, put, put yeah, Abby, Abby and... Abby and Tim yeah. and have make them have an affair because you guys are in a bubble so you could actually like touch each other and she goes ha 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 no that's not going to happen I wonder why she said that because it could happen but it couldn't happen if it turns out that she has an affair with um, Peter. Peter because that would just be like she's too trashy they'd just be giving each other be sympathetic mm. um, but you see what I'm saying to me that's evidence that maybe you're right and they will get together yeah, because yeah. if they've got plans for her and Peter, there's no way they can do oh, it. I don't want it to be because it's it's yet yet another new relationship, Kevin and Abby, that's being tested before we've even had a chance to see it being better. And it's also Peter like and Carla. Up, okay. Peter and try, splitting up Peter and Carla or having Peter cheating on Carla is just such a boring. Has been done a million before. times, seen it and it literally is the fan baitiest thing ever because they're gonna get all the carpet fans on Twitter going, "No, no, my beautiful friend, lovely yeah, accusing Abby of, ste- of stealing a- Peter away from her, their car. Abby's a slut bag hoe. I mm. can't believe I'm watching this. Never see it again. When's it on next? Mm. So, um, two other thoughts that I had about this. One, I was almost thinking that when um Abby told. Debbie about going to addictions I had like a little flash in my head that's like oh mate I think Debbie's going to say I've got a secret addiction can I come along to your meetings and that could have taken you know the story on a completely unexpected twist and like it wouldn't you wouldn't have seen it coming and maybe maybe the reason that Debbie's crashed in the Webster's house at the moment is she's she's on the run from some secret addiction that she's got but no it's not going that way also the thing that was really really distracting me while I was watching this was the plastic apple in the middle of the fruit bowl on Kevin's table did anybody else notice this it seemed incredibly plastic maybe it just had it was just a really nice waxy one but I was looking I, I couldn't stop looking at that really, really, really fake-looking apple on Kevin's table. But maybe I'm wrong. I, fa- think, I think it would be good if, if um, Debbie turned out to have a shopping addiction and she was addicted to scarves, because there literally was a book, I've forgotten the name of it now, where the woman ends up buying so many scarves that she nearly becomes homeless. I, I want to see more <laughs> of Abby... Of Abby? Debbie... Um, yeah. 
What? Yeah, um, off duty as a member of a storyline, dramatic storyline. Because at the moment, I'm thinking, do I like her or not? I don't know. I like. I thought her. she was an antagonist, but now maybe she's not. She's saying she's just looking out for her brother. She seems to be a plot character at the moment and that was but, I, I really did like the bit where she says oh well done our kev that, that, yeah, that was, was lovely sweet. but then also but I, I don't know whether i like her yet but i definitely don't hate her no she stood she stood up for abby when kevin was going oh no this is terrible she she likes drugs more than i ever could have imagined and debbie saying yeah but she's not like that anymore yeah, that was cool. That was cool because I, I thought that I thought that it was going to go completely the opposite direction. So I'm glad I, it didn't. But where now? I, I was watching that though. Going, you both have waded so deeply into a situation that you is so far beyond your comprehension. You're so in so so deep. It's really charming that you thought that you could handle this, but you have no idea what you're dealing with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dev stuff, Gemma. Only Monday. Um, Dev's unloading to David a little bit about Asher wanting to leave, and David says, "Look, it's it's fine. It's just bravado on Asher's part. It's, everything's going to be all right. Teenagers threaten to leave home all the time. Don't worry about Unless it." Unless you haven't got a stink on we your also, garden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, you've you think got you've a got garden. problems? Uh, Ardy tries to make Asher see that bringing the, them up alone wasn't easy for their dad. He's, he's like saying, cut him a bit of slack, basically. And Asher's like, oh no, he didn't even bring us up. It was Mary, really. She's she's not willing to give Dev, Dev an inch on this. So then she goes and sounds off to Nina and then they have kind of a repeat of the scene they had last week where Nina's telling... Um, Asher, stop being a brat. Yeah, basically. But they have a little bond over... I really um, liked what Nina said. She's so wise. She said, oh, my mum's dead as well. And in my mind, she's always right. Whenever we have an argument with my, whenever I had an argument with my dad, she always took my side because in my head, she's she can never be wrong, mm. and I idealize her to the extent that she's not, she, you know, it's beyond reality. Uh, what, I can't and, remember. And she can do no wrong. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I think somebody might have said something similar to that to Asher during the skin lightening story as well. I don't remember. I, that. I think it was. I think it was when you know when Dev t- um, tore all the posters off the wall and everything, and Asher was like, "Mum would have never have done this," and he uh, oh. he said to her, you, you, "Of course, I can never win against your mum." Okay. So yeah, she's been point, told yeah. this before, so may- maybe she'll realise. But yeah, Nina is nice. She's wise, and they both have dead idealised mums. And she says, Asha, go and talk to your dad about it. So she goes home. I mean, to you don't see, have to be a genius to suggest this. She goes home. It's the way she did to it. To see how diplomacy works out for her. But it looks like Dev has been doing his sums. He's got some spreadsheets out to show Asha exactly how moving out with her new lover boy, Corey, could be. And I, He's even given him an entertainment budget. I loved this scene. He was just like, right, you, sit down, listen to this. And he just listed off this whole range like, of things. You're like, the electricity. Yeah. Didn't even mention the internet, did he? Like the no. food, the water. Bang, 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 bang. Don't I'm forget a businessman. I know numbers. You're going to, you can't afford it. Don't forget also your emergency contingency fund for the sinkhole. just in case it spreads and he's like but oh you know you'll have each other though so i guess that's all that counts (laughs) that was hilarious he was he was yeah yet again how much can potatoes cost anyway it doesn't matter because Corey's parents are rich yeah they're minted Corey's parents and also they made a success of themselves oh yeah you yeah, he's like, I've got five shops, actually. I know four of them have got blown up. But, yeah, he, he she says they've not wasted their lives in a shabby corner shop. And he's like, oh, you got me there. It's like, of all the I'm, businesses... I'm going to think of a really good comeback to that, Asher. But, sorry, 
it might take me a little while and that's why we didn't see any more of this story on Wednesday and Friday because Dev was trying to say what to uh, yeah, get some kind so of I'm thinking of a comeback yeah um, my comeback would be I own three businesses on the street that you live in you little toe rag yeah, you you got a bit fed up with Asher, didn't you? Today? Also, uh, Dev didn't Dev didn't add into his costings for for Asher the the mysterious figure that he's paying out every month to keep her porn tape off the internet. Yes, which was mentioned as a significant yeah, amount week, a, and an ongoing expense. Mm. You thought you thought that Asher was a bit annoying. I, I, she's bratty. Yeah, she, she. I, I didn't hold it against her. No, she's I didn't hold it against her. That's, she's, she's a teenage girl. It's her girl. job to be annoying and bratty. She's a teenage girl. Yeah, everything she's that she's love. doing at the moment, I can kind of, I give her a bit of slack for it. It's also, quite... if you're going to fall in love with somebody, may, be it someone whose parents are minted. Mm, yeah. What? But that's here's where, my question. That's where we both went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um. Here's the problem, though. If Corey's parents are so minted, why is he going to Weatherfield High and not snooty, snooty, pants, pants? Very good point. Yeah. I didn't notice that. He should be going to flipping out tail, shouldn't pants. he? But maybe that just means that Corey's parents are better with money than Jeff seems to be. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they don't also, agree we had a bit of a throat, with yeah, private education. Maybe they're lefty laboured Corbynistas. <laughs> um, the other thing that we had mentioned that showed how frivolous Dev is when it comes to spending money on his children was um, Asha pointing out to Ardy that they used to tour around the country going playing golf. He's like, oh, thank you for mentioning that. Like, yes, I thought you'd forgotten know. about we, that. We that, remember. That Ardy used to be the next up-and-coming golf star. Yeah. yeah. That was such a weird, funny storyline. That was bizarre, I was pretty outraged about it at the time, but looking back, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, like I said earlier, I really, really appreciated this story for being just low level, not particularly high stakes. I know Ash is threatening to move out and everything, but, you know, it's just really nice every day. I can appreciate this story. Thank you very much. Please, can we have it for longer than a week, uh, one day a week next week? It would be lovely. Um, we We had a tiny bit of Daniel and Nikki, didn't we? Not much. Just kind of ticking over where... I, d- I like Nikki less and less. Nothing particularly happened on Wednesday. There were some scenes with Daniel going to work at Adam and then agreeing to go to an online quiz with him or something, but we didn't even well, see that. the point of online quiz is that you don't need to go to somewhere to attend it. Um, yeah, th- Adam seems to be showing a bit more of an interest in Daniel because he can't trust him because his minutes is back turns. He's up shelling out £200 a pop going, for Nikki, an why afternoon don't you just spend Nikki. the afternoon with me and I'll give you money? But they end up going to the park together, didn't they? The, sorry, the, the Vicky Gardens. And um, Kirk is doing his best... Um, sleuthing. Yeah, sleuthing, his best private detective impression, which in the end just boils down to walking in into the middle of them and saying, Hello, I'm Kirk. I'm Bertie's whatever, godfather. And... Um, and are you a you? prostitute? He says, no. what are you wearing? Or I don't, no, 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 he says, he's, he's are you on a date? Brick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Beth wants to know because yeah. she's being really protective because over who worried, hangs around yeah. Bertie. And then that triggered Daniel immediately. Mm. And also Nikki. Oh, yeah, Nikki, Nikki's Nikki like, I'm not goes, taking this. Yeah, she, Nikki's she, like, yeah. She oh. insinuates that she's a prostitute. And I, and I was watching this thinking, did... Did Kirk actually pick up on her heavy hints there? Because I'm not, I'm not sure whether he necessarily got what she was saying. Well, she was getting really aggressive and saying, "Oh, I, you should tell your missus. She's lucky I didn't, you didn't, I didn't charge you or something like that." Yeah. Um, she literally. I think for Kirk, you need to say, "I, I have sex with people for yeah. money." I, I, yeah. 
so it's a transaction. I, I did think it was funny, and I, you know, I don't usually like Kurt very often. When they walked out, and he was like, he was on the phone to Beth, he was like, I think they've rumbled me. I thought that was quite a good line to end it with. Um, yeah, she she then says to Daniel, even though we were having a chat and it seemed as though we were going to spend a long time together and it was merely a coincidence that Kurt came and, and moved us on, actually I've just realised that I do have to go now because yes. I've got a job to do. I've got to and go and money. accept money for sex. I'm a prostitute. And Daniel's like, oh, I forgot about that. He oh, didn't well, seem very happy. Yeah, oh, yeah, he didn't try to pay, pay her for the afternoon. She's like, well, he's a regular client, I can't really. So, yeah, he is... Uh, He's anyway, realising the downsides now. of um, being in the friend zone of a sex worker. Yeah. And that's that story. Finally. I don't... Nikki was really horrible. Oh, go on. I just thought Nikki was like, why is she so aggressive? But she's she's probably... She's she been to be stigmatised for her job. I know, but... For a long time, I imagine. She's fed up with people. She just seemed to be angry at the assumption that she was a prostitute, but she is a prostitute sex worker. He didn't assume that she was. I, I got confused about what happened. I thought that he was just saying that she's a bit tarty to be hanging around Bertie. <laughs> Why did she get offended? Taste. I don't understand. Gemma, we have got I a new character on the street yes. this week. Okay, this was the throwback. This character. seemed to be the most hyped thing, but <laughs> it was over and done with, wasn't it? It's like new on the, on the Coronation Street this week. We've got Archie Shuttleworth's son. He's like, no, he's in one scene. I'm sure he's destined for greater things. This is a bit of a soft launch. Yes, this is Tony Morsley dipping his toe into the Weatherfield waters to come back who knows when. I hope next week... Be careful week... about dabbling in Weatherfield water because the next thing you know, you've fallen down a sinkhole and you've got pushed <laughs> in by, by Kel or yeah. Paul. On Wednesday, Mary's going on and on and on about this guy that she met who she says is handsome but very horrible. And he has broad shoulders. So broad and swarthy. He was a yeah. He was an undertaker. Lad. He was stroppy about flowers. Petunias or something. She he's he he was mean about her begonias, and um, Emma, Emma says you're so emotional about this that I think you fancy him. Mary's like no, I don't fancy him just because he's handsome. And then he does have a mean. He does have a bit of a look of um. Brendan about him because he, he was also I a stocky fellow. I said, did you? Yeah, I said this another guy. It's another like Brendan guy. Yeah, okay. She, I don't know what she ever saw in Norris. Both related to um, the the uh, he he was um, paranormal bloke, wasn't he? And yeah. now we got an Undertaker. Oh yeah, definitely... the dark side. Yeah. Tell you what, if Nina knew about this, she'd like Mary a lot more. Yeah. She'd probably hang around her and try and take notes. Yeah. Anyway. Do you think that George and Nina are secretly friends? Do you think they like, hang around the creme together or something? Um. No. Go on, what happened? Right, so, um, <laughs> I don't know, you threw me off. Emma's like, oh, Mary, you fancy George. And then in comes George going, oh, sorry, did I, did I hear my name being said over and over again? Uh, sorry, I was horrible to you earlier, Mary. Um, you know, this reminds me, this pub reminds me of my dad. He was always in here. He used to be on the show. He used to, he was on the show. He used to say how great this pub was. I never went in there myself for some reason. Because I don't believe him because he was always an outrageous liar. He used to say, I know how tall you are all the time, but he <laughs> never did. Anyway, I've got to go out the right way. Um, by the way, Mary, you're cosmos wonky. See you later. He seems, he seems like, like he nice was negging her. I don't know. No, when he, he did on the it way out, he goes, oh, don't forget, you got wonky daisies. He gave Bye-bye. her a wink. 
You were looking at the iPad. No, I, at the no, time. I wasn't looking at the iPad. He gave her a wink as if to say, "You're sexy, but your floristry skills are absolutely crap." Bye, I, toots. I no. I, Mary I th- cares about her florist stuff. I thought he's. I was worried when because when I heard that they were introducing a character that was going to be Archie Shuttleworth's son, I got very very excited about the the Shuttleworth name being reintroduced in Coronation Street. And I thought, oh, is this going to be just another Archie? I don't want it to be exactly an Archie, but have, having somebody and he's probably going to be a you know a chip off the we old block. That's a big great. Buffoony man, aren't we? No, don't wish to either. Otherwise, you get another Brian. And Archie Shuttleworth was not a buffoon. He was one of the only ones that clocked Richard Hillman. He was great. He was lovely and kind and and big bundle of loveliness big teddy bear on the street why don't you marry him um, and <laughs> I, I when the the first that we heard of him on wednesday was what a git he's been to marry i thought oh no they're gonna make him horrible but then he comes in and he was lovely it's like oh all good. right then well I'll he, give him another go he turned out to be and i know we barely got to see anything of him but he turned out to be just what i want would have wanted out of an archie shuttleworth son except I really kind of need him to have a catchphrase. Yeah, or some kind of quirky thing he does. Yeah, because that was the thing about Archie Shuttleworth. Just tell us a little bit about Archie Shuttleworth. Archie Shuttleworth, The Undertaker, character in Coronation Street 15, 20 years ago. Um, And one of the things, his quirk was that whenever he was introduced to somebody, he would tell them their height and say he's not wrong. So he'd look at me. Five foot five, I'm not wrong. Yeah, and the joke was that he could do that because he could measure them up for their coffins just by looking at him, which is hilariously dark. The joke is, coffins all pretty much come in one size these days. So I I need, (laughs) I really, really need... George to have a catchphrase you but said I don't you think wanted they're... him to be able to guess people's weight something like that 15 I... fo- 15 stone 6 I'm not shut up or, or you know shoe size or something I don't I know what it's would be the I know it would feel I know it would feel like a rip off and I don't think you could get any better than the height because the height's a good one to guess because people aren't going to be offended by it or anything no but I think it'd be hilarious if he if he knew how much everybody weighed honestly knowing how much someone weighs is a far more um useful skill to have as an undertaker than knowing how tall someone is but I don't think that George People don't go around telling people how much somebody weighs. You can get away... As a party trick, you can say, I know how tall you are. But it's, you know, it's socially not not the right thing to do to go and say, you know, you're You're, you're 15 stone three. I'm not wrong. super morbidly obese, aren't you? BMI category four. I would love... I would love him to have some kind of cat, um, catchphrase. Although probably if he did, maybe I'll think, they're just trying to riff off Archie Shutterworth. It, it would be possible, and I'm not giving it a whole lot of thought, but it right. feels like, as a tribute to the great Archie Shutterworth, who really was a wonderful character, I'd love him to have something. But I think if they were going to, they, they would have had it, it in the first scene. He, they he, probably thought about it, but there are downsides I bet they as well. did, I bet um, they did. Right, the, the other thing about Archie Shutterworth is that he was Audrey's um, squeeze yes. and, and... And Blanche for a bit. He left her money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the beginning of last year, wasn't it? That was when um, Audrey was left that money by Archie when the character died off screen, and then Nick and no, yeah, Nick stole it, and then there was that whole story there. So I, I'm wondering where was George when all yeah, this was exactly. going That's on? Point. Why, why didn't he contest the will? Why wasn't he? Well, you don't know. That he Archie might have got. Didn't I? I can't he remember. Didn't leave, he, she left. Did, I don't remember whether she said he left all of his money. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. He probably didn't. 
maybe he, maybe she he even said she yeah. might yeah she might have even said all oh, we left half to the sun and half to some and some to me I don't know but um it feels like if if this character existed he was he was noticeable by his a notable sorry by his absence then but maybe all? he wasn't and he was mentioned and I just forgot but it would it feels like if that plot isn't mentioned now that uh, that George is in it it feel a bit weird is he going to you know, is he going to clash with Audrey? Is he going to butt heads with her? Because we know that Sue Nichols is back filming on the street, or at least the, the oldies are back filming on the street now, although <laughs> she's not going to be back until, you know, late November, I'm guessing. I think if if he's if he's as nice a guy as you think he is going to turn out to be, really hope he is. I think he would say, Audrey, Audrey, oh my God, I'm so glad I got to meet you. My dad, you made him so happy. I'm so glad he left you that money in the will and I hope you put it to great use. And Audrey go, <laughs> about that. Yeah, I, I, he's made a really good first impression on me, but it was it's really, really early days. I've not seen the actor. I mean, he's been doing a load of stuff in Benidorm, apparently, and everyone's going, it's, it's him from Benidorm, but we've oh, never watched know. that. No, I've got, I got no idea. But he seemed decent, and I really hope it's not too long before we get to see him again. And that's that. And that's the end of that, if you don't like it. Two, tough. just over two hours for Street Talk this week. That's not too bad this week, but we have still got a score and a character Well, of the I mean, week. a whole hour of that was Ollie Wobbles um, and me ranting... Toya Battersby. And me ranting about what is what the what the cost of a child's life is and showing myself up to be incredibly... Um, Uncaring. And Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, it but you see, the best way if you if you don't have kids and you you can't imagine the deep bond, just imagine that it's your cat or dog. That's how I do it. Would you pay five hundred thousand pounds <laughs> to keep Abby on life support? No, no. That's all right. She's not in the room. It's gone. Um, right. What are we giving it this week then? Um, I thought Monday's episode was particularly strong. The the scenes where Steve and Leanne were told in no uncertain terms, although Leanne still didn't quite get it, that Ollie is um, is getting worse and worse and he is going to continue to get worse and worse. I think we need to switch the live support off. The fact that it came like out of the blue, I didn't think that he was going to deteriorate quite so quickly. I thought it's it's horrible, but it was really, really gripping stuff. And the same with the scene with David and Ray on Monday in the office when David's yeah. like, hang on a minute, mate. Monday I was, was like, yes, David, episode. well done. It felt like the rest of the week didn't quite live up to it. I mean, the, 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 the hospital stuff was still okay, but the main... The most exciting stuff of that was on was on Monday. I don't think exciting is the right word, but you know what I mean. Compelling. Yeah. Um, I, I did get annoyed by Paul this week. Um, I... The the David stuff after Monday went was like it's it's not it wasn't as great. Um, that there was no Dev on Wednesday and Friday, and I think that having a bit more of that story, keeping it going for the week, would be good. The Abby storyline, mm, um, I think, I think I'm gonna give the I'm gonna go for a um a three this week. I am going to give it three T Rexes after my ice cream out of five. <laughs> oh, that was. And I, I feel like it should be more, but it just. There's too much on the second half of the week that didn't quite hit the mark for me. That was really sad, that scene, when they were talking about what he was dreaming about. Because I, I was also thinking, maybe he doesn't... He's not even, like... Maybe there's not even anything left for him to dream of. Oh, I know, I know. It's horrible. It is. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half Portuguese custard tarts. Because I ate half. One and a half already. <laughs> um, 
Oh, who's the character of the week? And why is it Leanne? <laughs> I mean, it is really, isn't it? Unless, but I mean, she did, she, she was annoying, but understandably annoying and stroppy. And it's like, come on, Leanne, can't you? You yeah, want listen, to, like you said, you want to shake it, her and say, oh, yeah, okay, you can't. But part but... of it is not just, it's not just the natural reaction of a mother, but also that she feels like she's diametrically opposed to everybody around her who doesn't seem to care. Like she's screaming and going, save my Baby, what? Why are you trying to kill my child? Why mm. is everyone okay with this? Why haven't you looked into doing this? Why can this German guy fix him and you can't? And and then you've got like 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 Tracy going, oh well, Doctor Gadda said he's going to die, and you know I can totally because she felt like she was against everybody else, mm. and basically if you didn't agree with her, you were against her. That was her philosophy, yeah. because she's so hyper focused on saving Ollie, and it's so tragic because she can't. Yeah, I mean, uh, she still I think it probably that. has to be Leanne, but equally, I think that for, for the performance particularly, mm. character-wise, I think Nick deserves a shout-out yeah, because Nick. he is going through the ringer but having to stay he quiet really about it. He was great week. this week. Yeah, definitely really good performance. Toya was fantastic with what she got, particularly that scene with Karen. I, I, get, I, I really, really like that. Um, I thought that I mean, shout out to Dev as well just for that scene with the spreadsheet if if that story had carried on and he'd been carrying on owning it just as he much uh, he was on, on Monday he could have been in with a shot to be honest it, it was a good week for performances it, I thought it, it, it was but yeah oh, it, it, it can't it I'm can't just going to say one thing she, she was the standout this week if Jane. you are don't get too don't get too um, comfortable with seeing lots of Leanne and and feel like you're gonna that Jane Dance is gonna be on the show like this for months and months because we all know as soon as if you get a massive storyline and you get loads of really emotional stuff, as soon as the the ending happens, you're going somewhere and you're not coming back for about four months because mm. the actor has to have a very long break. Yeah, Daniel's gonna just say, "I know a good grief retreat in Scotland." It doesn't really work, but but you know they got nice shortbread up there. So off you <laughs> and go, tablet, Leanne. which is horrible. And the tablet's lovely. Tablet's disgusting. There, there's there's tablet is just fudge that's gone wrong. The tablet is bloody lovely. No, it's not. Shut up. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the fact that gonna there's... be really mad at me, but I like haggis. What about Aberdeen Angus steaks? That's not to do with Scotland. Oh. Um, the the um, it's a breed of cow. What about um, Scots porridge oats? <sighs> what um, Scotch egg, which isn't <laughs> even from Scotland. Scotch means to fry. What about Barry Scott? I love him. Yeah, he's um, my favourite Scot. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there's still the whole Sam element to this, and also oh, the yeah. adoption element to it, does mean fostering. That, yeah, the fostering stuff. There's still plenty of. You know, room for this story to continue longer past um, fostering is like the, the Ollie side of it. The fostering is like when you buy a car and at the end of it you can purchase it or just get a new one. <laughs> Don't think it works. <laughs> Put quite a like down that. payment and you'd like, well, I've already spent a load of money on this car. Right. Um, that one's got a convertible roof. I think, I think that's it. I think we need to find out some news because we've talk, talked for too long, haven't we? We have not talked for too long. We talked for really? just the right amount. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. As always. As always. And sorry if I offended again, anybody again. Apologies for the offence. Uh, we are not just the people the way we to roll. come to when you want thoughtful and heartfelt emotional responses to uh, sad 
children. I, I hope, I really, really hope that people listening to it know and we're not monsters. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, no, listen, I can't cope. I can't cope with sad things. I just pretend they're not happening. Like, I can't even watch that Paul O'Grady show with the dogs. I can't watch it. It makes me so sad. I can't even go on Facebook sometimes because lost dog um, posters make me sad. Mm. So, it, so children dying is not something I really want to I, I talk, just, think about seriously. I can, I can remove myself yeah, from it. Exactly. And look at it and, and find bits to poke it, fun listen, in. Listen, at the end because of the day... Because nobody this wants a, to listen to... Do they, maybe people do want to listen to a well, podcast. Well, if they want to listen to podcasts with people being sad about things, there's loads of those. Yeah. And this is a fictional story. Yes, they're not real, everybody. They're not real, so don't worry. It's, They're not real. Ollie's fine. He's not going to really die. It's all a big lie. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's true. So we've been, you... we've been. It's just a set. Just sleep tight, everybody. <laughs> I think. It's Are we going to have to apologise for how? When is he going to die? We're going to have to do this every week until he dies and say sorry, sorry, sorry. Then there's probably going to be a funeral. There's probably going to be Ollie written in little roses. Oh, Ollie wreaths. Yeah, and then if, Nick, okay, Leanne well, if... will go, oh, roses were his favourite flower. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, if a white rose is his favourite flower, then we'll we like, bring be Michelle fight. back. Exactly, yeah. Fight. fight over the grey side. No, he's no. Maury's favourite flower. Shut up, shut up. I, um, I think that if he does have his name spelt out in flowers, that would be good, as long as it is Ollie, because I am going back and forth between O-L-L-Y and O-L-I and O-L-L-I-E in my notes. I don't know how to spell Ollie. I don't know which is his preferred spelling, so I need to see it as a wreath. So no Oliver's. Yeah, right, Ollie. Let's have some casual wreaths, please. Shorten it. Um, Also, the name Ollie in... In fiction, is a cursed name because of Game of Thrones. So, oh yes, we Ollie. all cheered when Ollie, Ollie died. From Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 it's a curse now. I didn't even remember that. So, what did you expect? Also, I still can't help saying whenever I see the word Oliver's. No, Oliver. Oh, what's his name? Oliver Battersby. Oliver Battersby. Written down. I can't stop thinking about the name of the school that I used to work at. Which sounds incredibly like Oliver Battersby, but not exactly not, the not same, exactly is the it? Same. And it makes me chuckle each time. Um, that's the most cryptic thing you've ever said. Because <laughs> there's no school They'll that never track like me Oliver, down. Oliver Batter, Battersby. Is that your guy? Right. So we just said, I'm sorry, we're sorry about being insensitive, and then we're insensitive again. So just leave it now. We'll just leave it. Let's leave we'll it. Let's, let's move on to the news. Time for the news, and I hope you like listening to long lists of award nominations because by gum have we got you covered in that particular area for today's issue, episode, segment, whatever are we doing here. Installment of the cabin, and we are starting off with the Inside Soap nominations, which um, are going on in October. You can vote until the 23rd of October by going to insidesoap.co.uk. And this is the one where they just got a million categories and Coronation Street has got three nominations for each. So let's have a look and see who has been nominated. Well, Best Actress. They've actually got some decent nominations for this this, this time. No, I'm just saying slandering. that sometimes in soap awards or other awards with soap categories, they don't always pick the Best Actress for the What do they soap. pick then? Just somebody who's been in a good storyline. Okay. And sometimes they coincide, or, and sometimes they don't. You're being really 
controversial? No, I don't think right, it's controversial. Right, who's the best you know actress? Jane Danson, Sally Carmen, Sally King, all three. What? Very, Sally King. What did I say? Sally, Sally King. Very, very, very strong choices there. Like if I'm, if yeah, I'm and ju- Abby and honestly, if I'm judging them by the quality of their acting, I would struggle at this point. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that one is a bit of a better actor than that one, but all three very, of these absolutely fantastic. And and also, and I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's not gonna be Sally that, that gets the award, is it? Because she's not been in as big a story, as fantastic as an actress she is, and we knew that as soon know. as she came onto this yeah, show. Oh well, yeah, who knows what what's happening? Don't know. Uh, but but. I mean, they were all really good. If any of them would get it, my money would probably be on Shelley King. Why do you just... always say? No, I'm just saying. Give your opinion. What, 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 you, it, I think it's give rude. me an opinion on a podcast. I'm not saying even Shelley King is riding the wave of this coercive control storyline at the moment. Everyone says she's brilliant. Yeah. So that I, I think that that's probably where the votes are going to go there. But honestly, I would. I whoever out of those three win. I'm, it might even be somebody from another It could soap. be a different person completely. I mean, this is only the long list as well. When it comes to nominations for awards, I've decided that they are all my children and I have no favourites. But that's not how it works. You need to vote. No, I'm going to abstain. Um, best actor. We've got Ian Bartholomew, of course, played uh, Jeff Metcalf, Rob Mallard and Simon Gregson as well. Some Some strong choices. I, I have oh been... Oh, my co- God. You know what I think about those. Uh, and which... Right. What? What? I All my children I love equally. Best newcomer, Adam Hussein plays Ardi Alhan, Jane Hazelgrove plays Bernie Winter, that's cheating, and Molly Gallagher plays Nina Lucas. Yes, Jane, Jane Hazelgrove, who was in Coronation Street in 1980-something. This is a second crack at doing... Coronation Street and although I also think newcomer as well I do think newcomer should be a newcomer to acting or being in on TV because Jane Hazelgrove is an accomplished actress wasn't it um, the I'm sure it was the Inside Soap Awards last yes, year that Maureen, Maureen Littman, Littman won, won and that was best newcomer of, um, also her second bit, role in Coronation Street a bit silly a bit silly a bit yeah. unfair on so, um, maybe it's maybe it's um, yeah, premonition but that again, Jane will be picking up the gong this time. I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that Adam Hussein has got a nomination for that actually because he hasn't had a whole lot to do, but he's definitely, he's definitely impressing me. His he, he really is. Yeah, he's he's doing a good job so far. I'm waiting to see him have you know something meatier to get his teeth into. But I, I am, Maybe I am he'll impressed. Kill Corey. Maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jane Hazelgrove, as you say, accomplished actress. Bernie Winter, controversial character. Molly Gallagher, again, doing a brilliant job. Still on the sidelines a little bit. Sometimes I'm finding She's the character so a bit preachy, but also I'm some of the time I'm loving her. So I I'm, think that she that she doesn't need that much screen time to make a big impression. She, she certainly has. I can that. imagine her like not wanting an award because it's just too mainstream. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Nina rather than Molly. I've seen Molly Gallagher's Molly, Instagram. Molly Gallagher, yeah. Um, Top lass. Best villain. Okay, who have we got? Mm, Ian um, Bar- are you dissing no. my children again? No, I'm saying there's pretty much a clear choice for who to vote for here. Ian Bartholomew, because he's going up against Mark Frost, who plays Ray Crosby, and Mikey North, who plays Gary. Ray hasn't been a big name. I mean, I know he's at the beginnings of the new story, which is handy for him if people are going to be voting over the next month or so. Yeah. But I don't think he's gonna. He's got that uh, cat and hell's chance of beating 
Ian Bartholomew I mean, after this Ian Bartholomew has been abusing Yasmin for many years. Mm. He's put the work in there. And Mikey North has been villainous in a way for a year and a quarter or so he's now. Off of, as a villain. Oh yeah, I know, but I, I, again, I think you know, Ian Bartholomew is gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get on the shortlist. So Kari isn't okay. he out of these. So I would I would urge you to help him get on there by voting for him. Funniest performance. We just got two Cory nominees for this: Maureen Lippman and Patty Clare. Yep. Maureen, I'm gonna say I do love a bit of Mary sometimes. Sometimes she can irk me and bug me and be a bit too too um, too Kooky. much. And that's again the character of Mary. It's hard. Some it's so hard sometimes to separate the character from the actress, isn't it? Why? It, what are you talking about? And you're I'm, saying you're trying to say Patty Clare annoys you. No, I'm not. I'm what not so, saying. I'm saying that Mary annoys me a little bit. I've got nothing against Patty Clare. So why are you saying you can't? You get confused between her and the. If I if I'm voting, am I voting for Patty or am I voting for Mary? I I know what I mean, but I'm not explaining it very well. I don't know well. what you mean. Basically, my vote goes to Maureen Lipman there, but I still think that Patty is is wonderful and and I do like well, Mary. Well, Patty Clare is has already established her. Oh, yeah. as, as a comic comic performer by winning mm. past awards. In Currently, I am finding. The character of Evelyn, and I'd been currently before Mary Maureen Lippman was told she's not allowed in. This, the time I'm finding her a lot funnier than Mary at the moment, but you know Mary's a Mary's a classic. Yeah, best partnership, Alison King Ooh. and Chris Gascoigne, who play Carla and Peter, and Dolly Rose Campbell and Sam Aston, who played Gemma and Chesney. Yeah, these are the children I don't like. Yeah, so what's going on These here These are the then? children that come home with D-minuses in Ali, English Ali and King insult and Chris my, Gascoigne, my jeans. Carla and Peter, who've had about two, three weeks worth of storylines in the past year. The thing they're, is about I this... I do like them as a couple, but this is, they're not going to win, a, are they? The, the, all the pre... Well, the actor and newcomer and actress categories are personal awards for performances, the actors... Villain is more of a, a partnership between... Villain and Funniest Performance is a partnership between the writers and the, the actors. And then Best Partnership is, to me, feels very much weighted on the production side of things and the writing and the storylining. It's also a because bit of a who do you stand build, the most award. Well, yeah, it is a bit of a stupid fan bay award. But... Um, that I I'm not going to deny that I I do think Alison King and Chris Gascoigne have charisma oh, they and do. magnetism between them, but I I think that it has been wasted. Yeah, in in the past year, they they've they they have got the potential to be a really really great couple. That they, they they are a good couple. They're just not giving them much to do this year. And when they are having stuff to do, it's 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 angsty again, isn't it? And secrets and lies and. And secret uh, and druggy people from the estate being dragged up from the past for a week, and and, and Scott going, oh Carla, you're significant yeah. to me, but don't ask me why. So my vote would go for Ali and Chris here because I definitely prefer Carla and Peter as a couple to Gemma and Chesney, who well you you know you know everybody. Um, Best show. I, I I'm just wondering whether oh. whether anybody else could. To move on. Yeah. What. Who else no, could no go other, for best couple? What's the other option? Daniel and Sinead. Oh, she died. Jenny and Johnny have been away. Toya and Imran don't oh. get enough screen time. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're good together. Yeah. Um, There's literally nobody that's that there aren't compelling. Any... I mean, Billy and Paul. Yeah, no. Why not? The, the, At the, least they... Look, 
at least they seem to speak to each other more than Gemma and Chesney do. If you cut out all of... I know this is true to life, but, you know, not everything has to be completely realistic. If you were to cut out every conversation that Gemma and Chesney had about the babies from the past year, would they, what they have said to each other? Mm, yeah. I know that's true to life, I understand that, but it doesn't make an interesting partnership to watch as entertainment on a television there's show. Also Unless the, it's a show you're watching specifically because you want to watch people suffer with babies. There's also David and Shona. There haven't been David very... David and Shona would be a very good choice here, actually. I, I'm, to be honest, they probably should have got in over Ali and Chris because they've had more think, to do. I know I that Shona's Alice, been I off. I think Carla and Peter are riding on the heritage of that couple. Yes, you're right. And their back history it, it it says a lot when i think that david and shona should be here and in with a better shot when julia golding was off on maternity leave for a good says, no, first six months of the year since they, she's come back she's had a heck of a lot more to do yeah, with david definitely. than ali and chris have had to do with each other all year and it says a lot also that i i think they should be in there because i don't even really like shona and david together and i think that david and shona together now is creepy Mm. Still a better partnership than Gemma and Chesney. And also, the, the one thing about 2020 I've noticed is there haven't really been very many new partnerships. I don't even no. know whether we're going to fill up, you know, in our end-of-year awards. <laughs> so how many do we have for category four, is it? I, I'm going to struggle for four new new couples this year, so I don't know what I'm going to do there. My favourite partnership of this year is Nina and her apron. <laughs> Iconic. Never separate them. No. Uh, best showstopper. Sinead's death and Yasmin fights back against Jeff. Two very, very, very strong choices here. I don't know which bit of one. A throwback, isn't it? It is a little bit. I mean, the the Sinead stuff. It's like we just snuck I in there Sinead because that was just had o- just a under bad, a year ago. Yeah, a bit of a bad, uh, dealt a bad hand. A bit of t- as the far timing. As awards were concerned because they really slipped under the radar for a few of them. Yeah, I mean it. it it coincided with the NTAs um, earlier this year. I can't, I can't remember whether they won anything or not now. But, yeah, the, the Yasmin story has yeah, it's, it's come into its own, hasn't You've it? Got to it's just, bigger if you want than I think people award, thought it might be. You have to just keep doing a story for an entire year or more, and then you'll hit all the awards. Mm. That's the only way to do it. So, so Yasmin sorry, fights sorry, back David, against Jeff, Jeff as the showstopper, I assume, is the scene where she glasses him, where she bottles him, you know? Yeah. And I think I would say probably because that story's still going and it's going to be fresher in people's minds, probably that's where that the votes are get. going to go. I think, sadly, um, Sinead has been forgotten. Sinead died for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. We've won the... Um, we've won what? Not we've won. We've reached, sorry. We've won the best podcast the most. Yes. The most ridiculous pair of nominations for a category... No, for, what are you saying? Let's stop being mean. No, no, sorry. Being a best bitch. family, best family. Look, We've got the Baileys and the Barlow McDonalds. Okay. Right, who's the Barlow McDonalds? Everybody. Okay, yeah, let's let's start off with that. Who is the Barlow McDonalds? Right, hang on. Right. Can Tracy, um, Amy, Simon, Adam, Adam, um, Daniel. Daniel Bertie. Uh, Bertie, um, you've got, and then you've got, and you've got, it does. Liz. Yeah, Liz. Um, uh, Steve. Ollie, Leanne, yeah. maybe, uh, Toya. Everybody. Literally, 
this is the thing about the, the, the weird family trees on Coronation Street. The family if you, bush. Even if you just had one family name there, you could stretch out. But the fact that they've got two, it's like, who, who is included? Why I don't know who the they Barlow mean McDonald's? here. Is it, it's, I mean, it's Tracy married Steve, but it doesn't necessarily make, you know, Ken related to Leanne. Andy or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I've, maybe there's a picture to help with this one, but I don't really yeah, who know who I'm they? voting for here. I don't. I think this is very unfair because the Barlows and the McDonalds are both very strong families in their own right. Yeah. Don't add them together. Yeah, you're right. Who's who's the who's the couple here that we're focusing on? Because yeah. normally a family is a couple and, and children. Yeah. Or a couple and their cat. You know, let's talk but about... Maybe we're just being <laughs> old-fashioned about it. 2.4 children. Which which is, I mean, with the Baileys, that's a family. That's, yeah. it, that's, the, that's one of the most family-ish family units, to be fair, that yeah. Coronation Street they has got at the be moment. be more of a family. They're just not a great one. And they've been in the show for a year and a half... But it still feels like they're new, and they're they're being thrown controversial storylines and um, you know issue storylines, which last for a a week or two, and then they disappear off again. Poor Aggie is still in quarantine. Yeah, still in quarantine at that hotel. She's going to come back with ideas of other stations. Yeah, she's like, no, I can't come back because I've uh, (coughs) suddenly developed a persistent cough. no, no one's going to be voting for the Baileys, are they? Don't be so mean, no, Michael. Look, listen. Look, Joe. Uh, listen. Look. Listen. <laughs> look. <laughs> listen. I'm listening. I I'm don't just know what to it's say. A I, no, don't be so horrible. Uh, no, look. look. Listen. <laughs> listen. Shall we move on? No, I'm not going to move on. Oh. Because I, I don't. I, I like Michael. The others are all on a scale of I don't really mind. Oh, I don't hate any of them, honestly, no. and I know some people do. Oh, but I, like I recognise that the Baileys should not be up for our best so family mean. awards. That Taylor voice you put on. It, I think. I mean, for heaven's sake, Gemma and Chesney would be better than the Baileys because at least they've yeah, had something the to do. Browns. Why aren't they there? The Battersby Browns. If I think of other families as well this year, that are, that the Platts. Why aren't the Platts? They should just automatically... You know how, like, there's some countries yeah. that are always in the Eurovision yeah. Song Contest? They should be the Great Britain of Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, but for me, some of my favourite families that I've enjoyed watching, I know are never going to get nominated. My best family two Go choices on, this year would be the Allahans and oh. the Dobstapes because oh, they've what? had things this year. Dobstapes, eight months ago, and we had that Jade storyline. We've forgotten about them a little she's, bit. I think they're now. a great family unit. I like all, I like Fizz. Sorry, everybody, but I do. I, I like can't Tyrone. You said that. No, so, like people don't your like leg, Fizz. Your leg. I love Ruby, obviously. Yeah, Hope, Ruby. Fine. They should win. Evelyn Ruby. is in the flipping Dobstate oh family. God, Those five, what a great points. family. They've no. just not had a big story recently. No. I love them. They're normal. Um, oh, and, that's not what I want to watch. And the Allahans, brilliant this year. They've got a yeah, renaissance. Yeah, I'll give you that, actually. The Allahans have been... And there's just the three of them. ...have been shafted. But they've not had they've not had huge, they've not had lengthy stories, have Listen, they? But what they've done, they've done bloody well. If they're but, gonna add just add random hyphenated names on the end, that as far as I'm concerned, or the, uh, that I know of, there's nobody on the show who's actually called something Barlow McDonald. No, right? There's no. If they're just gonna hyphenate random people. Then they should just have the Allahan Taylor family. Yeah, exactly. And then just shove Angie in there, why not? And Jude, and whatever their kid was called, I've forgotten. 
What was that kid called? Benjamin. What was Jude and Angie's kid called? Wally. Somebody can write in and tell us. I'm sure. I'm sure Rebecca or someone will tell us. Um, Joseph. Oh, that's going to drive me Bob. bloody mad now. Frank. Anyway, Charlie. it doesn't matter. I say that. The Barley McDonald's sounds ridiculous. Barley and McDonald's people don't know fake. who they're voting for. It's Bailey's, a fake family. Why are they doing this? Um, be, don't be mean. There, there are better choices, but I still be. think that where, you know when where couples and families are concerned at the moment, they're not, not Corey's strong great, point. No, that's but that you know they're strong in other areas like child death. So we have to give. I'm them off a my pass. soapbox. Wow, feel good moment. They this got is new. Gemma gives birth to quads. What the hell? And Rita and Jenny reminisce for episode 10,001. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gemma gives birth to quads. What on earth is that doing there? That didn't feel that good to me. That wasn't a feel good moment. That, that was like getting that was a, silly moment. a splinter and, and knowing that you'd have to put up with it for the next 18 years. Four, Four splinters. splinters. <laughs> it was her giving birth in a cable car after just throwing a ring out of the side that Bernie <laughs> is able to find with the powers of blood stupid laser vision. And then she gets a cesarean and half an hour later she's waddling along to the um, to the baby incubator room to go Welsh and see things. it. And it, it was... Because they're the only Welsh characters that have existed in Coronation Street apart from the Hopkins. It, it doesn't, and they're not even really well. It doesn't feel like that was a feel-good moment. I'm not saying that I can suggest many others because Corrie is a pretty tragic place at the moment, but I'm sure there was. If I, if I could think about it long enough, I could th- I'm could. i sure that there were more moments that have made me go, ah, um, th- than that. However, whatever was against it, I think that the Rita and Jenny reminisce for episode 10,000 Really strong choice there. The very end of the episode, when they were back from the Blackpool trip that they never made it on, Rita has her her, her look around, all the photos oh, there, yeah. and then everything echoes in her head, and she remembers everybody. Then she sits down, and then oh. Jenny comes in, and Rita says, you're the best daughter I could ever oh. ask for. Yes, please, vote for that. Yeah, that's a good Win 10,000, absolutely. Yeah, you, we all get £10,000 if that wins. Ten, vote 10,000 times for that, everybody. That was a good episode, and Rita and Jenny are both really fantastic characters. Um, the end. Yes. Best I'm, I'm not going to say anything controversial there. Best soap, Coronation vote, Street, vote obviously. Coronation. What, what are you going to say? No, I'm just going to say that episode 10,000 was okay. Oh, for God's sake. But You're getting me in trouble. I wanted them to get to We're work. already in trouble. With they the... bloody killed De- Dennis Tanner and then ran over <laughs> him with an ambulance. That's not what episode. I call a 10 out of 10 Look, episode. Listen, we're already in trouble with the children people. You know, the people that like children and don't want to see them in hospital. We're only in trouble with them people. Now you're getting us in trouble with the 10,000 episode people. <laughs> Who's left now for us? All the sadists. Right. And people with dark senses of humour, which is fair enough, actually. They're a pretty good bunch. Do you think that that's it for Soap Awards? Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Because just today, the TV, not the TV choice, I've written TV choice, but what I mean is the TV Times Awards have been um, announced. And that's something that you can go to if you go to whatsontv.co.uk. Why isn't it tvtimes.co.uk? I don't know. Because somebody is in charge of their website 10 years ago, thought they were being clever. Is the TV Times the same as what's on TV? I I don't don't even know. Anyway, you've got until the 6th of October to vote for this one, which isn't as long as you have for the other ones. But luckily, you don't have as much to vote for because it's... I don't even know there's a best soap. There must be a best soap. There's best soap star anyway. And there's six people, I think. Or is it eight? 
but uh, Corrie's got two nominations and it's it's Ian and Shelley. So choose your choose your pick, make your this pick. This is a nebulous category as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what they mean by best soap star, but I'll vote for the person that I like the best. It's because voting... best soap star to me doesn't mean anything to do with acting. I if I, think... I was gonna vote for the best soap star, it'd just be Danny Dyer, because as far as I'm concerned, when you turn when people turn off EastEnders, he just ceases to exist. <laughs> Apart from when he's in that who do you think you are? I used to be a king <laughs> program. I'm elected to royalty. I wish you'd to exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, go, go and vote for them. One of them. Vote for both of Whichever them, but one do you it like. secretly. Um, and Don't do it, do let it quickly. anybody know that you've you, done you it. You have got until four we'll days after Gemma's birthday. And, oh, here's some good news. Do you want to do this No, this is scandal and I have no part of it. No, go on. No. Oh, somebody on the cast has got COVID, everybody. Oh, dear. Or has had it, or has got it, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this is, this is, um, this is we don't like, know who. This has sent everybody, surely, to social media to try to wheedle out who it is by, there's based no, on their posts. There's no way that we can speculate, but I suppose in eight weeks' time or whatever, if some character is mysteriously absent Where's suddenly, Dr. Hospital gone? Then maybe we need it's her them. here at once. But anyway, apparently, like, I think it was last week, or I, I don't know when it was, maybe the story's just breaking recently. Is this really true? This is true. This okay. is true. There has been spokesperson for Coronation Street that has confirmed that somebody on that cast has been confirmed as getting COVID, but because all the security and safety members at Coronation Street measures. Are, measures are so um, fantastic rigorous. and rigorous, and they got Dave with a stick, yeah, they were able him. to just give the set a jolly good clean come back to film in this Monday everything's out. okay and that particular cast member is self-isolating and obviously we wish them the very very best and um, I hope they're feeling back soon better soon I mean and yeah but I, I, it's, it's not is it gossip we're not making we'll be gossip if we said if we said oh well we could say that um, so and so was tweeting about something blah 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 but we don't, I've not... Literally, that I've got no idea who it is. I'm not going to try and find out. I think it's rude. If they wanted to say it's who rude. it was, they would have done... How impolite Let them you? get over it yeah, get in over peace. It. And let, <laughs> just get over it. Just get over it. Let us leave this um, for them to reveal in a uh, cover story next year when everyone's everyone's vaccinated and they can... Then it will be a funny story... That everyone can laugh about, but at the moment, they should. We should just not. Yes, get well soon. Get well soon. Get well soon. Get well soon. Don't don't be one of the older cast members. Don't lick people. Yeah, and that's it. That's, that's it. news. That is news. So um, I think we need a better, better, <sighs> do some feedback or something because we do have some. Should we read yeah, it yeah, out? Yeah. Let's do it. Right, feedback time. Last week, everybody liked Coronation Street last week and we got lots of high everybody scores on that. our Facebook group. There's lots of fours, lots of fives, but in the end, the feedback average score ended up as 4.16. So, pretty good. That's we, very we good. We gave it fours really last week, week, didn't we? Very good week. Um, Les particularly liked it and he gave it five bananas on trampolines out of five, which I enjoyed. Mm. Fiona gave it three seagulls that don't kill solicitors out of five, making yeah. references to Imran's phobia. <laughs> and Robin was, as I picked him as my favourite this week, um, four times that Steve has to do the GNU. Do you remember <laughs> what that was a reference to? No. That was him singing Old MacDonald had a GNU to Wally, remember? No. Well, you weren't paying attention because I do. Thank you, everybody, who voted and gave us <laughs> your lovely things that Thanks you're scoring at out of this week. 
Gemma's going to read Rebecca's feedback. Wow, week. what a week that was. The Jeff story on Monday and Wednesday was brilliant and the Tim and Jeff scene was great. Joe's team played an absolute blinder showing his devastation and Barty when he realised he couldn't find the laptop. Bravo! I, I, I missed this story this week. I know. The fact that it was ramping up so yeah. much. It's like all we could talk about last week was what's, what's going on with the Jeff storyline. Climax, Nothing. Tim's on Sally's side now. Yeah. Jeff's been unmasked. Don't even get a sniff of them this week. Nope. I agree. Sally should have said, I told you so to Tim, but she didn't. And I'm kind of glad. However, I thought Jeff would get released. But with Imran saying the video might not count as evidence, I'm more confident that Elaine will turn up at court and send Jeff all the way to prison. Great work from all. It's probably not very far, to be fair. It's down the stairs. <laughs> it's down the stairs and along in a bit. What do you mean? Not all, the, all the way to prison. Oh, OK. Yeah. It's like other side of the country. <laughs> no, it's just around the corner. Um, I'm enjoying the sinkhole story. I know some people think it's silly, but now, especially, we know Ray's included. I really enjoy it, and I'm so glad the Ray story is back now with a bang, literally. I am assuming it'll ramp up towards December, and hopefully Dave will be a big part of it. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't, didn't even what? put two and two together, that if Ray's heavily involved in the 60th, that obviously means that David will be too, and I really love David. I think he deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm I don't think, to think he's he did, been he didn't massive have much part to do in the 50th. The lives and the big... Mm, yeah, no, I don't think he... I don't remember. There we go, Jack P. Shepherd. we're championing you to be... And it's not alive anyway, is it? No. So you can just do it as many times as you like. Shut up. Also, as much as I shouldn't be enjoying David and Shona, because, yes, she's still acting like a child, I still see them as a couple. I love Shona bouncing on the trampoline, though, and when she was walking out with a banana, she made me laugh so much. And I'm also enjoying Nina being included, and I loved her black parasol... As soon as I knew Natasha was returning, I said, Nick's dad, Nick's kids straight away. However, I do think it might be more of a Fiona leaving than a retconning the abortion. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's another Fiona, yeah. What? Fiona. Fiona having Emma as a child and Steve discovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, same, it's another one. It's the same thing. That, that it, yeah. I suppose we will find this out this week. If Nick isn't the father, I'm going to guess she is pretending that he is the father as the real dad is bad news, although I guess that is Nick, especially as the parallel with Oliver... Is telling Leanne is losing her son just as Nick is gaining one. Yes, you're correct. The toy, the toy and Imran scenes were sweet though and interesting. They brought up Rana's failed kidnapping. But yeah, I predict sad things from this story. <gasps> Controversial prediction there, Rebecca. Sad things. No, what from the toy and Imran fostering story? I think she's just bundling it all in together. Uh, yeah, Oliver, I predict sad things Oliver, from the Oliver yeah, is going yeah, to yeah. die story. <laughs> Dev was hilarious this week and also loved Mr. Peck and Hatch, although I did think at one point it was going to be a crank I call from about Corrie. Mr. Peck and Hatch, that is amazing. Oh, oh, you just made me feel happy again. Um, uh, speaking I saw some people complaining about that scene on the internet afterwards as well. No, everyone complains about everything. That's, I know, that's they do. That's 2020. I, I, that, yeah, that was the scene of the year, <laughs> quite frankly. What's worse, complaining about something or complaining about people complaining? I, can never I will allow out. people to like whatever they like. Like what you like. Just leave if me out of it. If you think the Baileys oh, deserve that Best Family Award... You vote for them. ...or the Bala Madonnas, you go for it. Do what I'm you like. I'm just saying... Don't involve me. ...that I don't think that you're, you're, you're backing a winning horse in this particular no award show race. No one asked you. Right, Rebecca says... <laughs> I'll just pat you nicely because I'm really mad at you. Um, speaking of Corey, he's an ass, isn't he? <laughs> I'm glad Nina told Asha some advice. I'm also agree with you two. I don't want Nina and Asha in a relationship. Good. Finally glad that Nikki and Daniel seem to be on the same page, although what she did with Aiden's money, we don't know yet. I think she just fed her kid hot cross buns or something. <laughs> 
Um, Rebecca says, and Kale does make more sense than Johnny's security guard, but didn't Bernie act out her revenge? You know, you said Aiden's money, but it's Adam's money. What did I say? Said, I thought you said Aiden's money. Oh, Adam's money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew what I knew. That's what she meant. But I might have said a different thing. I always do that. Like sometimes I make jokes about children dying, but actually I meant the opposite. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> um, I'm guessing this will send Paul down a dark path. Character of the week is Tim. Sorry, Gemma. Although I could have given it to David, Jeff, Sally, Dev. There were a few, and give it four and a half. Nina's black parasols out of five. Lovely. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Don't apologise to me about giving Tim. I saw a few people saying you sorry, just Gemma. Not I like Tim. At all, if you're that bothered about my opinion but you clearly aren't because you don't listen to me when I, I tell you Tim is t- bad did news. I vote for Tim last week? I bad think I might news. have done bad I think news. I voted you're all wrong unapologetically voted for Tim last week <laughs> yeah you should be like Michael and don't apologise because it doesn't matter what I think at the end of the day I do apologise to you quite a lot for things when you're mad at me yeah but not about opinions you not really mad at me like that not about no. opinions I no, don't really when I forget- care it's when I've forgotten to do something I have to apologise. Nicole says, hi, guys. Hi. Just a quick note to tell you how much I loved your YouTube tour of Manchester. Yay. Oh, nice. I really enjoyed your location tours and all the sites of Manchester. Looks like a lovely city. Well, it is. It is very lovely. I was so surprised to see how big the entrance to the Coronation Street film studio was with a big logo across the mm. front. Especially neat to see all the buildings that have been used over the years. You guys did a lot of work. And not just on the puzzle. Oh. Linking all the sites to the storylines, etc. It took the podcast experience to a whole new level. Thank you, but that's what you I want. You know what? That's that what took us two weeks to do that. I want. I'm and so, really, not actually that far off, because that's pretty much all we did. I'm very, very chuffed with how our little video series I'm very of our proud trip of you. to Manchester turned out, and you I'm did glad video that people editing. have enjoyed it. I know. I like just go. Also, of course, loved the nod to Timmy's, as we call it here. This is our uh, Tim Hortons trip, wasn't it? Yes. I totally agree with you about the donut. Way too sweet. No, we didn't say the donut was too sweet. We said it was no. just grim, one, didn't we? Um, it was horrible and sin- it, it had sin- a weird flavour like, yeah it was I, odd. no listen I, no she's right we I didn't th- think they were that good we thought that the donut was just a grim flavour and the, the little tin bits I thought were a bit dry I didn't really I, listen but I like I like I, the, the I don't know even know like why I bought them what was it called vanilla French vanilla was yeah that? that was nice because I don't actually think I like donuts anymore the celebratory meals you had look great, especially the one at the Ivy. So I yeah. guess we can just put aside the old adage that you can't get a good meal in England. Don't even start Don't me on start this. Don't start Gemma on that. Oh, my Nicole, God. Do you want to hear some you history? You have opened a can of worms I'm here. I'm so mad that oh, you bring this up. Gosh. How dare you? Right, How I'm going to move on because Gemma <laughs> can speak about British cuisine till the cows come I home. I can talk for a long time. half past 12 at the moment about at night. how people are prejudiced against British cooking because of rationing oh, at that. World War II. Yeah, I want to edit and this tonight before you, I go to bed. Listen, this is the worst thing that Hitler ever did to this country. I have never heard of a Yorkshire pudding wrap. <laughs> that looked amazing. It was nice. I'll have to Google that for a recipe. You just squash your Yorkshire pudding. You get, you get flour, milk, eggs... Mix it together and stick you whatever you like in it. You don't know what you're talking about. That's what is in Yorkshire puddings. Right, listen. Listen very carefully. In America, I don't know about in Canada, in America, a Yorkshire pudding is called a popover. And they have these very odd little contraptions to try and make them rise up. But you don't need any of that. All you need is a really hot pan and some fat or oil or lard or whatever you want to use. You can't cheap out on it. And not use anything. You've got to just commit to making a Yorkshire pudding, which means Gemma lots of oil. Very, and very listen, nice the best recipe to make the best Yorkshire puddings 
is Nigella Lawson recipe that she stole from somebody else who stole it off of a Chinese man. And the secret is don't add the flour at the beginning. You mix the milk and the eggs together first, which sounds counterintuitive, like it wouldn't do anything. Mix the eggs and the milk together. Leave them for 15 minutes. Then you put the flour in. That's all I'm going to say. Nancy. <laughs> Nancy said, Tim finally put all the pieces together. Do you know what? The sad thing about this, I've not even had any alcohol. I'm not even drunk today. I know, she's had, Gemma's gone through a whole podcast without a single drop of cider passing her lips. Talking nonsense about Yorkshire puddings and Hitler. And I'm not under the influence at all. Yeah. Right. Nancy says, Tim finally put all the pieces together. He's realised that Jeff has been lying to him all his life. Sally was good about all of this. She did not say, I told you so. Joe Dottine and Ian Bartholomew did a great job. How come the police did not keep Jeff longer, though? Will we get to know how Faye feels about her grandfather? Why did Alia need to say the tape might not be admissible in court? I wonder if Jeff will try and do a runner. I think the trial needs to happen before we will know if Jasmine will prevail. Sally was hilarious at straight cards. That did leave. The, the story last week did seemed like it was wrapped up too quickly after the Wednesday episode, didn't it? And Jeff being released. And th- th- there's lots that I want to know that has been put on hold for a bit and I don't don't know why. I don't really like it. I know. It's, it feels, again, like we're doing that thing we used to do with the two weeks. Every every week is a different story or something. You know, mm. when we had the blocking and it was just well, I mean, really they're still do, They're still doing blocking. That, that's why this has happened. I just hope it's not too long before it comes back to the fore again. I don't think it works. Right. Um... Nancy says, I finally think it figured out, I figured out the Shona and David scenes. They're trying to show up how David is coping with Shona. This is why it can be funny. David trying to cope Shona's reactions to things is funny. The sinkhole was totally unexpected. I did think Ray owed it to the Platts to offer them a place to stay. I can't believe that David will not figure out what Ray is trying to do. Daniel and Nikki being friends will be interesting. Does this mean she will stick around? Does she have something to do with Jeff? See, that's still, I'm still wondering, Nancy, whether you might be onto something there. I've been thinking that for a while. Just the fact that there's two escort stories going on at once does seem very coincidental. I love Dev and his family this week. Dev with Kathy was great. If she is unhappy with Brian, though, how come she turned Dev down? Corey is going to be trouble for Dev in next year. Loved Ardy speaking with Corey about Asher. I hope Asher can meet another boy who is nicer. And we all agree with that, Nancy. Asher needs to find a nice boy and settle down. Yes. And ha- start a family. Somebody who loves and her inside get her and out. Dad's spreadsheet going. Yes. £3.50 Finally, per week for entertainment. We have got our weekly comments from Fangirl Overload123, who says this week wasn't as good as last week, but it was okay. I found the whole Nick has a secret kid thing. A bit strange at first, but now I'm starting to accept it. After all, this is Coronation Street and stranger yeah. things have happened. I just need to say, <laughs> it feels sometimes like watching Coronation Street is like a form of Stockholm Syndrome. We're yes. like, what's going on? Okay, I don't mind anymore. I think Cal's death wasn't an accident and the culprit will be revealed later. It could uh, still happen. It, it could. It, yeah. it really, really could. Because um, it is a bit of a weird story. It's just... We need to create conflict with between Billy and Paul. How can we do it? Well, let's just have... Kel fall into a canal. The, the, That's the logical thing. The the fact that Kel's dead, whether it was a murder or not, it's still going to have a quite significant psychological so? effect Depends. on Paul. Mm. And maybe having a murder mixed in with it muddies the waters a little bit too much. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. But anyway. I don't think we needed Kel to die to remind us that Paul 
was profoundly affected by what happened to him as a child. And, and how he'll feel ousted when Todd reappears on the, screen, okay. on, the, on the screen. I think, Frank, I love it, one, two, three, three, that either Oliver will die just as Toya gets her first foster child or just as Nick decides to be in Sam's life. Lots of things about this story warmed my heart, including the fact that when Leanne was upset, her first reaction was to call Toya. Oh, I thought that was point. sweet. Yay! Yeah, she didn't bother phoning up Les because he's not going to show up. Mom, Janice, Mom. nah, they don't care about what this. About Janice lives all the way in Liverpool at the moment, everybody. What about That's actual like... mum? Oh, yeah, Stella, of course. What yeah. about Granny Gloria? Yeah, none of them care. None of them care. Can't phone up um, step-granddad even... Dennis because he's dead. They've not mentioned... Good reference. They've <laughs> not... Has Janice, Les or Stella been mentioned through any no, of this? No, that is a really good point. Just to, just to point out, everyone's going, where's Liz? Where's Liz? Wouldn't Liz care about this? Uh, At least well, we know she's in Spain. She's in Spain. And the rest of the grandparents and assorted relatives, mothers and whatever, are like, does it look like he's going to live? In that case, don't worry about it. I don't have half a million quid. That's the end of it. Mm. Maybe Le- maybe it's because Leanne's down the phone to them saying, he's going to be fine, he's going to make a full recovery. Yeah, I know you say you want to come him. down here, like Janice, but you, yeah, honestly, you don't need to The bother. main takeaway here is that mitochondrial disease is not that serious. Um, uh, where have I got to? David and Shona were really sweet and reminded me why they are two of my favourite characters. Ash's story started out strong, but please let's not have another bratty teenager fighting with their parents. I'm sorry, but I just can't take the numerous references to Jack... Just being off screen seriously. <laughs> he could be the next Tracy Barlow up in his room playing his tapes. Finally, did Archie mention having a son? I don't know. Character of the week is David, and I give it three and a half long lost sons of factory owners and undertakers out of five. Thank you very much. Mango Overload123. I can't remember. And if you go on to Coropedia now, it will just say that George is his son, but he, he may well have mentioned it. Thing is, when your children are grown up, I don't think they come the, up in conversation as much yeah. as they do when they're little yeah because you have to be like oh we've got to go and pick them I mean, up the, from football the thing is like, it, it i don't know how old Tony Moore's the is but when archie was in the program would do you reckon george would have been working for him then i don't really know Maybe and if he to... was then you would have thought he would have mentioned him more yeah i don't know maybe it's almost he, like it's made up maybe he had another job as like a, a dog groomer and i think didn't work out for him, so he decided he to take him in over. Boxes and burying them. Yeah, so he decided to just take over from his dad after he died. Oh, you can you make know. his dog dig its own grave. I want to see more of that next week, <laughs> oh please, God, more George. Oh. Right, that's the end that's of this. It. That's the end of it. Right, that's the end. Sorry, everybody. What? Um, we're I'm very sorry. insensitive, and oh, Michael hates the Baileys. Yeah. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail dot com. You can find us at conversationstreet dot com. Not much. Is that slander or what's the other one? Doesn't matter. Come well, on, come, written, on, come on. Written or spoken. Bedtime. Bedtime. iTunes review. Please. Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. Patreon. This week on YouTube, we put up a video of um, Eva Price character profile, didn't we? Yeah. We did her twice. We did her way back in episode hundred and thirty something, maybe, and then again um, a couple of years ago when she left. So we've got a whole hour of us talking yeah. everything Eva. So everything that's worth about listening her, including to if you're an us Eva talking fan. about her being on well, Twitter. We missed it last time. And, of course, don't forget to tune into our bonus episode this week where we go over 
the episodes from the first half of the 1980s. We yeah. finally reached Stan's death oh, in 1984, which marks the bummer. yeah the end of the first half of the 1980s. A bit of a downer to end on, but obviously a very famous scene with uh, with Hilda and, and the snappy glasses case at the end. But, um, yeah, we got quite fans of the first half of the 1980s, I think. So if you like the classic Cory stuff, go and tune into that and see if, if our views align with yours. Yeah, and if they don't... Tough. Oh. We'll be back next week with more. We love Corrie, you. We're sorry. Podcasting. That's goodness. it. Goodbye. We regret everything. The music for this episode comes from podcastteams.com. Oh, oh, oh.